in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Alright. Alright. Alright, alright, alright. Do I sound super modulated? Is that just, is that me? That's you, no, you sound bad. Okay. Let's try it. Let's try one of the other ones. Here we go. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe. All right. Very low, but I can bring you up. Okay. Let's go back to blue then. Let's let's let's, let's try blue. Blue is what we had been using. The one that's all weird. As we attempt another. Look at the Mike Rutherford show. He tries to find a mic that works. How about this? That uh, sounds better. Is this the, okay? Now it's it's oh, it's always the shaky mic. It's always the one that's not properly. Did we break yellow? I don't know. That was the new one. It's the one they just put in. That was like the only one that was supposed to be good. Now. Uh-huh. It, that, you might want to use past tense with that good well, part. Here we go. All right. Welcome in everybody. It is a uh, Friday, January. God, it's still January. January twenty seventh. This is and the Mike yet have show. another win. <laughs> Coming to you from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Get your MBA. Find out how it feels like to get your MBA and be paid in the process by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 to 6 on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming everywhere you could possibly imagine. You know it better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey. TK, it is, uh, you know, what, NFC Championship weekend eve, two days away. So he's rocking the, the jersey. It's not the Jerome Brown jersey. What, what jersey is this? Went with uh, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. My my brother from another mother, despite the wrong name of spelling, Jason Kelsey. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I didn't know you. I don't think I even knew you had that jersey. Yeah, yeah I got a Jason. Don't have a Travis, but I got a Jason. We've got uh, we've got lots to get to today. I've got number eleven that could be used for uh, Anton, uh, for for Brown, but it says Wentz on the back still. Well, that's <laughs> that's fine. You can just do that. You, you know, there are whole businesses now. That will alter your, your your jerseys to like the new name. Yeah, but I still, you know, despite all the other Eagle fans, I, I don't hate Carson. I know, but if you just wanted like a more current, like that's the, true. The, yeah. the player currently wearing that number. But then I, mean, I like keep my old ones, and then, you know, other, I have all my old players who've moved on: Javon Curses and Trent Coles and Hugh Douglases, and of course none of them fit me anymore, unfortunately. But I still have them, and except for my Torello ones, which we know that I put a booty curse on. We did, you did. That's yeah. one of the first big topics that ever came up on the show. <laughs> your ability to properly well, cast voodoo spells. My ability to Google and not get it probably it didn't work. Have we? You know, I've kind of forgotten about this to be honest. Have we ever explored the possibility of you 
casting some sort of reverse curse on Cardinal Athletics? Because let's be real, we started the show in August of 2022, things or 2021. Things have not gone swimmingly oh, since we've been on the air. An understatement. I think that we may you, you clearly have some sort of superpower. I think you used it for bad. <laughs> Who's to say that you can't use it for good if you wanted to? I think that needs to be a summer activity. I mean, I, I don't think I used it for bad. I think it's just the fact that like just in my life I can't I'm like my my sports teams are like Jerry Seinfeld. Like I, I it's one's up, one's down. And while the Eagles and 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 obviously the, uh, the Toronto did well. I mean, the the global suffering because of that. Okay, I'm I don't want them to that. suffer anymore, though. I mean, after this week, I mean, Eagles win this year's Super Bowl, and then we can take a year or two off if the Louisville wants to make a. Be nice, but that's what's going to happen when Brom comes back. You just need to step up. We need we need to step because I just you've only seen like down negative Trevor. You haven't had obnoxious. We're we're good and better than you, Trevor. Yet we I have, and but I, it's, it's I been can, faked. It's been like when you guaranteed the win over UK. Yeah, and I, and I've been well. I guess you saw a little bit of it versus the Giants game last week because I was very confident in that one. But like if, when when Philly wins the Super Bowl in three weeks, you you'll get like obnoxious. I'm the best. Kiss my feet. It's good to be the king. Speaking of, you brought your fantasy football trophy in here. You made me act like I was talking <laughs> on the radio. So you so you're sending your 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 friends in your fantasy football league. You with the trophy all over town doing various things, <laughs> and just trying to be as obnoxious as possible. Every, every day I'm gonna put a new like every day I'm gonna put a new picture up of me and the trophy doing an activity. It's. I can see how it would get old. I'm sure it's fun now for everybody. They're kind of like, oh, Trevor's being funny. On, like, day 75. It's going to be. Well, first of all, what am I going to be doing on day 75? You're going to have to think of new stuff. Like, me, do, me, me and Trophy having dinner at Arby's. This may be the thing that gets you more active, more out and about in the city, is you just trying to troll the rest of your fantasy. Your commitment to trolling the rest of your fantasy football group is going to get you out and about and meet the love of your life. That's how it's going to happen. I, got, I have got it like planned out. Like, I was thinking about maybe we could go on a hayride. <laughs> like, like I wanted to take him. I wanted to take her to AEW on Wednesday, but I didn't get. I, had, I didn't pick her up. Pick her up till last night, so I, I couldn't. Uh, All but, right, so you just have. The, that's right. You just have the trophy. Taste the first day. Yeah, I just day got it last night. Yeah, I call, so I call my buddy. And you actually, you know Ryan. Yes. Uh, I call him. Like I'm like, hey, we played this out for like a couple of days. I was like I'm gonna come Thursday right after work. And he lives like way out Middletown, so it takes me like 30 minutes to get there. But so I text him. I'm like. You know, he's got wife and kids stuff, so they go to bed like normal hours. I'm like, it's cool if I still come by. It's like seven something o'clock. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but he's like, I've got COVID. The wife's got COVID. The kids got COVID. Uh, and I'm like, you're giving me the damn trophy, dude. Like, I don't, I don't really, COVID's not going to stop me. I'll, I'll cover my face. I'll put on a mat, whatever. I, I mean, I, I want the, he's like, I'll just put it outside. I'm like, I don't want you. So I pull up and he's like sitting on his front porch. So like, yeah. this is why you don't get to keep the trophy, Ryan. This type of abuse of her. He didn't even put a blanket on her. She was freezing. She's fine. I mean, she's I had to, we, I had to snuggle with her for an hour to warm her up last night. She's dripping in COVID. <laughs> she's okay. I don't care what's on that ball. What's on that trophy? I was kissing the hell out of it when I picked it up, right in front of his house. Which a few minutes later, and one of his neighbors actually posted on next door, like there's some guy picking up stuff from from, from, from packages. And he thought it was someone talking about me, but it turned out to be someone different. Oh, thank God. I thought it was actually <laughs> you. <laughs> Somebody thought I was, like, stealing his package. Now, we, real quickly, we, we have a follow-up. She's pretty, though, right? She's gorgeous. Thank it's, you. it's a fantastic trophy. Although the images of you are deeply disturbing, but we already knew that. That's, that's fine. <laughs> we have a follow-up from yesterday's show. So, the, the most in yesterday's show, not shockingly, people were ranting and raving, ourselves included, about the latest embarrassment in this U of L men's basketball season. 
the the same old broad topics that always come out of this came up and we talked about it. But the most interesting part of yesterday's show, we were over in Jeffersonville at the the OG Big X Studios and stinking it up. Just bringing that gas smell back home everywhere. Says one person. Well, didn't somebody else just text you and they're like, I sit outside close to <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah, somebody was like, yeah, it, yeah, 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 my old producer, yeah. So the, he used to have a special outfit to wear. <laughs> yeah. I, I finally put mine in there. I was like, well, we don't, I don't think we're going back there anytime soon. So I put it in the dirty laundry bin. I'm like, all right, we're washing those. <laughs> those aren't the Jeff pants, right? Not the Jeff. The Jeff pants are now, yeah, the Jeff pants are now in the in the, in the the dirty laundry. I was going to confuse that with Braum probably in some way. <laughs> I've, got, I've got different Jeff pants for that. But so the, the, the latest mystery of the Big X Studios in Jeffersonville is I went to pee in the bathroom yesterday. And on the back of the toilet, there <laughs> yeah. was a glass bowl filled nearly to the brim with water and a standard metal spoon just just in there, just sitting Laying there. Laying there, yeah. And you said like, like last week there had been four bowls there was. with plastic spoons all in them. Uh, well, not all plastic. I think one had been metal, but there was some plastic spoons and forks in there, yeah. I thought originally maybe it's like a leak, but then that doesn't explain the spoon. I also no. sat in there for a while spoon. and did not see a leak coming. Maybe the I, spoon's there to empty the water out. Like it's coming. There's no sort of like... Cleaner in there, like no. liquid detergent. No. It's I don't think it's like soaking to get. There was no mess on the bowl, so I don't think it's like letting it soak to get. So what the hell's going on? Texture says, Mike, I think I can solve the mystery of the cereal Ooh. bowl on the back of the toilet. Obviously, you guys don't sit reverse on the toilet and enjoy a nice bowl of fruity pebbles. <laughs> it's wonderful when you're lactose intolerant to enjoy a whole bowl, uh, a bowl with whole milk, and can blow up the bathroom at the same time. Revolutionary. I don't think that's what's happening. What well, was happening? Was water in it. Yeah. It was just water filled up. I, Oh, who says who says reverse on the toilet? I think they're joking. Okay. Yeah, he's talking about he. You can eat while being on the toilet at the same time. That's the whole point of his text. That's one thing I think I may wear draw the line at. Yeah, I don't know if you could uh, physically. I don't know if you could. I don't know if that would work for you. No, but even sitting normal on the toilet, I don't want to drink. I don't want anything while I'm on the toilet. Well, that's yeah. It's, he, uh, he's not being earnest here. He's <laughs> he's not he's not being serious. You don't know his name. Ah, nice. I like that. <laughs> If you want to text in the show today, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Download that Refreshing Rewards app today. It's going to save you money every time you need to fuel up at one of the 65,313 area Thornton's locations. All, also, all, all bathroom cleaned with no, no all bathroom cleaned, soaking in water. No bowls in water there. That's where they keep it, those flying J's. But they are going to hook you up with a free breakfast sandwich. If you're a new Refreshing Rewards member, they're also going to give you a free drink. Let Thornton's treat you to breakfast by becoming a new Refreshing Rewards member today and then text us at 502-414-1450. Here's what we're going to do today. We've got a men's basketball game against Notre Dame tomorrow that we'll talk about. What time is that game, by the way? Noon, early. We've got a women's basketball disappointment from last night that we have to talk about. But I want to start with the main topic in the city of Louisville at this point. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's the bad basketball. I don't know if it's whatever everybody's pissed off about everything you you cannot do anything in this city without somebody being pissed off about it every topic is up for contention every side thinks that they're 100 percent right every side thinks that the other side is complete idiots it is everything is pissing everybody off so we're going to play the new game that is taking the city by storm today which is does this bother you Ooh, I I've, love a good game. I've put a few topics out there. On, I'm, I'm game. Let's go. I've put a few topics out there on Twitter for the public to decide. And then you and I are going to give our takes on whether or not this particular thing bothers you. And if you've got a good idea on a topic that's out there that's being debated that seems particularly silly or seems particularly legitimate, 
let us know. Maybe we can add that poll out there. If you want to vote, at Card Chronicles, the place to do it on Twitter. And uh, hit us up on the text line, 502-414-1450. I wonder how much of my old man, angry old man is going to come out now. Well, these are mostly sports topics. Okay, so nothing about... It's mostly like, about local sports. So this isn't going to be about like modern music or... No, no, movie, no. no. Th- these are, these or... are specifically local things that are pissing people off. Kids, okay, all right. And mostly varying, dealing directly with UofL sports. Are you ready for the first topic? I'm, I'm ready, Betty. Topic one. Is that even a saying, by the way? Ready, buddy. Sure. Why not? Sounds good. Okay. What Louisville men's basketball is currently doing in recruiting? Does it bother you? Does it not bother you? Are you holding out hope or are you pissed off? Are we talking about currently as of this moment? We're talking about currently as of this moment. It bothers me. It bothers me, too. Like, I, I'm holding out hope, I guess, but I, currently it bothers me. At the moment, the poll, which has been only been up for about uh, 10 minutes here, 87.6% of, of people say it bothers them. Well, I, I think you have 13% of your uh, followers are UK fans. You'd be surprised. Uh, there are a lot. <laughs> trust me. Find out firsthand last night. There are a lot of people out there that are like, this is okay. This dude's got great Juco stats. He's going to be fine. We've got oh my God. You know, good recruits coming in. It's going to be fine. He's getting guards. You guys are getting pissed off. He wanted the guards. He's second, getting guards. Second in, his, second in his league in scoring. Second in his league in scoring. 25.2 points per game. Why couldn't we get the top score, by the way? I went through. <laughs> I'm curious who that is. That's, that's, I think every Louisville fan has made that same joke. Oh, like, okay. Why couldn't we get number one? I'm like, I, it's, not a, it's not a bad. I don't know if it's even a joke. It's, it's kind of a valid question at this point. <laughs> really? I went through. Um, I want to give proper credit here. A, a person, God love them. Um. It's a, a Twitter account called at UofL underscore updates. I love the underscore. There are, like, like I mentioned yesterday, the big debate about there's not a whole lot of information out there on Karan Davis, although I did find out his first name is pronounced Karan. People were mad at you, I saw on social media, that you weren't, like, furious. Like, do the homework, Mike. The guy, do your research. Go do your work. Do, some, do something, man. I'm like That's what I said on the show yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> barring Big X and Card Chronicle ponying up the money to send me out to California to go watch this kid play. Like, you tell me the website you're going to and finding all this info. I can't find it. Uh, you're, the prof- you're the journalist. I'm like, I'm not, don't, I'm not a journalist. Please don't ever call me that. But you have those uh, updates, because, like, the highlight videos on this kid are few and far between. But there are full games posted on YouTube from his this season's junior college. And okay. you can find a lot of highlights from his high school days. He played high school basketball in Indiana and scored a ton of points. Like a there's, private school, I think. There's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. there's no shortage of coverage when it comes to Indiana high school basketball, wherever you are in that part of the state. Right. But in, in his two junior college stints, there's, there's not much out there. So the best you've got are these full games that are on YouTube. And look, it's that's a large amount of time to dedicate to trying to, to scout one kid when you're doing two different jobs and, and trying to be a dad to two kids. So thankfully, this gentleman at UofL underscore updates went through, clipped a bunch of plays specifically involving Davis, and both the good and the bad, and talked about his game. He's a true journalist. He is. He's an absolute true researcher, <laughs> A-plus journalist. He's doing the dirty work. This is a, this is something that, like, 10 years ago, Mike would have would have actually, like, done and, like, liked to have done. But 38-year-old Mike is like, there's no, no. I can't. can't Google search one page. No, I did a lot more than that. Trust me. I I will. I will read whatever's out there. I will look at whatever videos are out there. If there's not anything out there, I I'm I'm not going to pour through two hours of of film and cut it up. But thankfully, this gentleman's here to save us. And he's the man. He looks okay. (laughs) You had to struggle really to even get that out. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying. That does not. I am trying. No, in all seriousness, I'm trying to go into this with the most open mind possible. 
he's a good finisher around the rim. He's clearly a standout in these games. The issue is what I said yesterday, which is the level of competition. And typically, this is not one of the better junior college teams in the state of California. The best players on the best JUCO teams still typically wind up being backups at at best low level mid major uh, programs in, in Division One, and the, it, the JUCOs that stick out are, are few and far between. And you all and, they're, and you know who they are. Yeah, yeah, you know who they are. Like every time that Louisville's landed a JUCO before, it's been a number one, number two, or number three player in all of junior college. This kid, maybe he's one of the best junior college players in America. He doesn't have the ranking to back it up right now. And you can say, well, it's just the, the ranking people don't know what they're doing. All I can base this off of are the, the the few people that rank junior college prospects, and none of them have them have him in their top 100s right now. But this was all most of these were, were made before the season, so maybe he's turning some heads. I mean, he's got good size. We know he's six seven. He handles it well for somebody who's six seven. Reed's got good size. His shot, you mentioned this yesterday, is low. Yeah, he shoots it. The percentage has gone up from last year. He was like a 32 percent three point shooter uh, his freshman season at Paris College in Texas. He's shooting it, I think, around 38 percent right now at uh, the, the Los Angeles school, he's he does turn it over t- too much. It's like that's... No wonder we recruited him. fit right in. Yeah, we'll make that <laughs> joke. That joke yeah. Average four turnovers per game last year. He, he's better this year, but still averaging too many. He still does seem a little bit reckless. Yeah, four's not much. He spins way too often in the lane, which is something that we have guys that do way too much of right now. Um, can he get in the lane? That's a question. It looks like he can. Like I, I think he can well, do that, that level, effectively. But... His strength is it, it seems to be straight line drives. Which, again, is something that you can do at the junior college level really effectively. It's a lot tougher to do in the ACC. We've seen it happen. I mean, Car- the, the big knock on Carly Jones, to be fair, was, look, this is guy a guy who's not an elite outside shooter. He's making the jump from Radford in the Big South to Louisville in the ACC. Can he still be a player who's that small, whose strength is getting to the bucket and finishing around the rim? When he's going, making the move from one of the worst conferences in Division One to one of the best conferences in Division One, the answer to that question was yes. He was great. He was single-handedly kept us afloat. And by the way, he got an all-star starting vote from one of the players in the NBA, <laughs> which he deserved. People were all upset about that. Carly Jones deserved the, the all-star starting vote. I agree he vote. did. I wonder who voted for him. I don't know. We need to find out. Get him on I mean, the show. I love, I, I love Casey Johnson, who I have a new follower who covers the Chicago Bulls, who I saw you tweet that uh, uh, the, the tweet at him. Like, it's the NBA all-star game. Okay. It's been a joke for a decade we're, plus. We're going to talk about that a yeah, little bit later. Yeah, no one even takes it serious. We can expand upon that a little bit later because I do want to get into the Donovan stuff and, and a little bit more. But overall, maybe like, like he, he's a guy that can come in and help you. He doesn't strike me. That this is just me watching a little bit of film as a player who's going to come in and immediately like take you from being a two-win team to being a 16-17 win team. Um, but he's he's a guard. He can help. I mean, he would help on this year's team. There's no question about it because we just we need guards. My understanding, uh, talking to a few people, doing the research, is that Danny Manning was the point man for this recruitment. He was the one who ultimately made the call to pull the trigger on the scholarship offer. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, we, we will see how it goes. Uh, I do think that there is another player from the African Basketball Academy who's on the way. I know that's been much rumored. I don't think it's going to be help at the guard position if that's what you're looking for. So we're talking about the additions to next year's roster that we know about are Caleb Glenn, who I do think can be a good college player, but you and I both agree, kind of a, a tweener and not probably an instant impact guy. Not someone that's probably going to impact until probably a junior year, I would think. I can see that. Mm. Uh, Curtis Williams, who's a six foot seven guy whose primary skill set is outside shooting. Um, I haven't watched as much as so I can. He's, I think, again, like Glenn, I think maybe he might be slightly more ready to contribute right away, 
but probably not a guy who's going to be playing his best college basketball until later down the line. And, and Karan Davis, we'll see what he can do as a junior college prospect. And then we still don't really know what to make of Emmanuel Okora for. Uh, and then this this other gentleman who apparently will be joining the fray at some point. I mean, was Okora for and plus possibly another big man from the, the African League? Does that make you think that, you know, Wheeler's pretty much kind of maybe – we learned someone else or someone yes. else is probably out the door with yes. this. Yeah. Yes. Um, Not that we didn't know that without the recruiting, but yeah. It comes to, and so at the end of the day, the, that you're adding five players that we know of to next year's team. I don't think that these are the types of additions that can make UNCA tournament good on their own. No. And it goes back to what we've been talking about this entire time, which is Kenny Payne is going to have to kill it in the transfer portal. Uh, so, that's not even honest to me. He's got to literally, we're not thinking figuratively, literally, he's going to have to kill it in the transfer portal. Well, not literally. You don't want him to kill people, but. You got to get some people out of the way, make some room. So 86.9% of voters right now say the recruiting bothers them. Yes, Scott Drew. <laughs> Topic two. Kentucky basketball players attending Louisville games and then getting shout outs on UofL social media channels afterwards. I don't know if you saw this. I did not. After the Boston College game. There had been a couple of uh, Emmanuel Quickly was there. Oh yeah, the Knicks players and stuff. Yeah, yeah. RJ Barrett was there as yeah, well. Uh, Randall Peyton was there. Pritchard was there. Julius Randall was there. But they're you know they're U of L. The Twitter accounts and the Instagram accounts are saying you know great to have this type of support here in Boston. And there's pictures of Kenny Payne dapping them up and smiling, and they're tagging the players. And it and this this bothered some people. This bothered a solid contingent of U of L fans. Does it bother you, Trevor Kelsey? No, I look at those guys, really Knicks and, and and Celtics, and they're just former players. He play. I mean, no, that that doesn't bother me one bit. I don't, and it, it doesn't bother me if you have social media people want to give a. Sh- I mean, it's it just they're they're pro players there to visit their ex coach. I mean, it's one of those things. No, no bother. I I'll, I'll I'll throw in the addendum. It doesn't completely not bother me. I wish it didn't. There's a part of me that still is like. Come on, like, and only because I can never imagine them doing the same thing, right? I can never imagine UK being in the midst of this woeful season and having John Calipari, if there was some sort of connection between him and these players, like, bro-hugging Donovan Mitchell and Montres Harrell on the sidelines and being like, so great to see the NBA support here. Like, I can't see that happening. We do that, and it, it kind of makes us look weak, but at the end of the day, it doesn't make us look nearly as weak as being 2-18. and 18. So it's one of those things where if you're winning – Nobody gives a bleep, right? It, I it, mean, is it Bobby only because they're UK players? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, it doesn't sure. matter that they're pros. No, 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 no. Right. I don't care. Yeah, it, it, the whole thing is about them being UK. If we're eighteen and two and this is happening, nobody cares, right? Of course. If we're two and eighteen and it's happening, yeah, it's a little bit annoying. But the the public, voting public right now, sixty one point eight percent says it bothers them. Thirty eight point two says it doesn't bother them. I mean, did, I mean, former players go see their former coaches all the time. I, and in case you're unaware of this, Kenny Payne spent like 11 years well, in Lexington. But, but again, let's, let's, let's focus. The, the topic isn't the players going. The topic is the U of L social media channels highlighting that. Yeah, it still don't bother me. I'm I'm with you. I, I would lean. That's that's. It's not 100 percent for me, but I would lean towards more. Doesn't bother. Me. I mean, that's what you do if you're you're trying to, to get noticed and get clicks and be a social media person. Is you put you 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 want to put a guy like Julius Randall on there with with Kenny? Yeah, that's that's no no. The as far in, in like the in the world of silly UK Kenny campaign connections bothering us. The Bam Adebayo wearing the UK stuff in the Yum Center actually bothers me more. That than, bothers than me much more. In fact, that. I would, if I was a Louisville player, I would, I would not, I wouldn't even be joking. I'd be like, hey, you're going to take that off, dude. Didn't happen. I mean, you're going to, I'm not, 
not trying to be a, you know. I mean, if a, I was Kenny Payne, I'd be like, you need to take that off. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a Richard or anything. I'm just saying, I mean, you, you can't do that. No, it's just uncool, dude. It, it Once again, it's one of those things that you can never, ever see happening over there. And that's part of the reason why it kind of bothers yeah, me. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a fan of that at all. You all want right. to play in here, both be my guest, but you got to take that off and change something else. Topic three. Yeah, what we got? The last two L women's basketball games, Haley Van Lith has been wearing very bright blue sneakers. I've not noticed that. This has been... A lot of people have. Which is weird because I almost watched the Wake Forest game because it came on after the uh, the uh, Arizona State-Washington game. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, it came on afterwards, but I didn't stop to stay on it long enough to watch it. So. We're going to talk about it. Um, what you, but, I mean, it was on at 6. The replay so, came the replay? on. Okay. The replay came on after the Washington State game. Or Washington so she's State. worn these very bright blue sneakers. I assume this is something to do with her. You know, She's one of the five Adidas NIL athletes. She's got yeah. the big deal. She's wearing – nobody else is wearing shoes like this. They stand out. She has not played great recently, and UofL women's basketball team as a whole has not been great. Does it bother you that UofL star player in women's basketball is wearing bright blue sneakers and is the only one doing so? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. Not, and it's not even just the fact that, well, it's a, it's a mix of things. It's a mix between two things. One being the fact they're they're probably bright blue. I'm not, you know. They're, they're very blue. They're, and, they're hard to miss. And second, I just... It's an, all the the bright colors. Everyone wearing different bright color shoes. It, that always annoys me. I liked it better when everyone wore the same shoes. <laughs> Your issue is more on just hat, grasp, hat creativity. I just don't grasp the whole like bright shoes. Like my, my like my buddy's kid. He's he's twenty. He wears all he plays. He buys all these you know Yeezy shoes and all these bright like bright orange. I'm just like I no. I just they don't do it for me. I'll be honest, it does not bother me. Like I, I saw it, I noticed it for sure, but it doesn't bother me. I, I'm like, what bothers me is kind of the way that the team's playing at this point. But It's because they're wearing all different colored shoes. It's distracting. Well, it's just her, though. She's the only one. And she's distracting everyone. <laughs> Listeners, 66.8% says does not bother them. 33.2% says does bother them. I'm in this when I flip them. So I'm, I'm, I'm too bothered, one not. Shocking. Yeah, kind of is. <laughs> Topic four. Is there one out there? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Topic four. So we were, you know, last week there was a report that the Cardinal Stadium naming rights deal was going to go down on Friday, a week, exactly <laughs> a week ago. Then yesterday we find out there's a UofL Board of Trustees special meeting scheduled Ooh. for this morning, and it's going for some sort of business proposal. It's very vague. And then first thing this morning we find out that the Board of Trustees meeting has been canceled. No reason was given. So the, the, the fourth topic here, the delay in the Cardinal Stadium naming rights deal, does it bother you, yes or no? No, because honestly, whoever buys it doesn't matter. They're not going to get my attention. It's just going to be Cardinal Stadium anyway. I hate to tell them they're wasting their money. I'm, I'm paying billions of dollars to put their name on it, but they kind of are to me. I'm the same way. does not bother me. I could care less, yeah. doesn't bother me. It's going to happen at some point, the timeline. I, I'm not, like, itching to get a new name on the stadium. Honestly, I'm, the only reason, another reason I'm not itching to get it, as I usually say, is because if it's something stupid, I don't want to get made fun of for it. Like, right now, I'm cool with Cardinal Stadium. And I didn't mind the, when Papa John's did it in the old oven and the big slice. I, I, I like that. I embraced it. But, like, if we get something like some, like, just really dumb company that does it, that's going to be – I don't want to open up that, that Pandora's box of jokes. Yeah, I don't really either. And it's it's one of those deals where, you know, we love talking – fans of every program love talking about revenue and how much money we have and all this stuff. At the end of the day, it doesn't really affect us. Like, like you know, we want to have the most money possible because it typically translates into 
more wins. But if we're not actually seeing, it has no effect on us, right? If we're not actually seeing the benefits of the stadium naming rights come down, it doesn't really matter. Like I'm sure Josh Hurd wants to get it done so he can have some extra money to play with and just to have it done as well. But for us, what's another two weeks? Like I'm, I'm not itching to find out. I'm not that curious to see who this, the name on the stadium is going to be. If it wasn't a financial deal and it just stayed Cardinal Stadium forever, I'd be fine with that. I, I, I've, I've enjoyed having it just be Cardinal Stadium these last three four years. I mean, let's be honest. Again, if it's if it's a na- if it's something you just whoever really names it more than not, we're just going to call Cardinal Stadium anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. just gonna, the, the name's only going to come up when you know TV when they're doing games on national television or whatever, and they say it before Cardinal Stadium. Most people around here just going to call it Cardinal Stadium. Yeah, a lot of people did that even when it was exactly. PJCS. I mean, it was exactly. All right, topic five. This is the last one I had time to get to. If you have more, again, let us know. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Oh, I got a lot of things that bother me, people. I got a lot of problems with you, people. <laughs> we can add to this as the show goes on, but I was trying to do this in like the three minutes that we had before the show started. Topic five, the, okay, be the, the <laughs> fact that, well, I knew I was what I was going to do. It was just a matter of getting it done, getting out the door. Uh, house was like, GD Zoo today. Oh, I want to hear about that after this one. I mean, there's nothing to really hear about. It's just it's a zoo. Just kids screaming, kids going nuts, kids throwing like, stuff. Like, is there a llama? No, it's just <laughs> worse. There's three kids under the age of four. Uh, topic five, the fact that it's still January. I feel like this month is... My God, it can't end soon enough. It is, it is dragged. dragged on for, I feel like New Year's was five years ago at this point. I, I, the weather, at least it's sunny today. It feels a little bit better outside, but it has been, if you have any sort of seasonal depression, if you didn't have seasonal depression, it's probably kicked in at this point just because of what's been going on this month. It absolutely bothers me right now that it's still January and we've got like four more days. Yeah, we do. I know. And February's it, it, it not going to be much better. Slow. It's so slow. Does it bother you? Uh, You're unbothered. Yeah, not really. I mean, it just—it does. It, it has. It I mean, you pointed out it does feel like it, this month has been going longer than twenty-seven days, but no, it doesn't really get under my skin. Seventy-five point one percent of listeners say it bothers them. Twenty-four point nine percent saying not bothered, not bothered by the the lengthy January. It's the worst month of the year. This in February, the worst, <laughs> and we don't have basketball to get us through it. Is it really January the worst month? Oh, I think so. What do you think is the worst month? I would think somewhere in the summertime where you don't have anything but like maybe random like baseball that like pre All Star game baseball that's just like not even relevant baseball. If it's just sports, then yeah. But if you're talking about just well, yeah, everything. but that's my entire life. Well, okay, well, <laughs> my my entertainment in life is based around the sports calendar. I would say if I'm ranking worst months, I go January, February, and then I go to like probably right in the middle of uh, of summer, like June, July. I mean, January July. usually shouldn't be bad. Cause again, I, I'm gonna go to sports because that's how I am. Like January shouldn't be bad because you still have college basketball, you get NFL playoffs. If it's like, just sports, yeah, but like yeah. it's What's life with, in general. I mean, it's just just because of the weather. Yeah, it's terrible. It's I mean, ongoing. Get, Everybody's sick all the time. It's freezing. It's like you know you've just passed the holidays. There's nothing really big to look forward to. Is it about December and the stress of leading into the holidays? No, I like the holidays. I love the holidays. You have days off. It's great. Everyone's always doing stuff. You don't feel like there's no pressure because. Hey, this person's not working because they're taking off. This person—it just feels like it's a one big vacation. January starts like, all right, playing this place. We gotta, well, we we gotta buckle down. January's here, New Year. Let's get like, there's no days off besides MLK Day, which we don't get off either. Like, it's just (laughs) we did. It sucks. It's long. Anyways, if you've got more ideas, hit us up at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. That is the Thornton's text line. We'll take a break. We'll come back. But December's got a song called Long December. It does. We'll talk about last night's women's basketball game, the issues that Jeff Walls is facing, his frustration after the game, all that good stuff, plus some of your text on the Thornton's text line. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show continues next here on The Big X. 
back to it we can re-update the polls and maybe add a few questions to our, our game does this bother you uh from the first segment there but let's move on let's talk about last night's game you have a women's basketball team plays a i mean I, I got one for you by the way later okay cool. it's actually from wednesday but i'll bring it up all right don't let me forget sounds good last night looking like what should be in, in, in past years, kind of a, I don't want to say easy win, but a, a waltz for Jeff Walls and company, taking on a 2-7 and seven Wake Forest team on the road. Not a whole lot of buzz in that program, not a whole lot of life inside that building. And the cards do what you expect in that situation. They get up um, big in the first half. They lead by 12 in the third quarter, uh, up 40-28. to 28. And then, I don't know if the men's team's rubbing off on them. I don't, I don't know what's happening. For the, the second straight time, second straight game, they blow a huge lead against an overmatched opponent. They allow a team to go on the run. Wake Forest goes on an 18-0 run. Yuval only takes three shots during that time period, turns the ball over six times. They're just completely letting Wake Forest take over this game. It actually reminded me a lot of the men's game against Boston College on Wednesday night. Yuval winds up shooting 53.3% from, uh, from the field for the game, which I think is the exact same number that the men's team shot against Boston College and yet still loses it's the third time in 145 games under Jeff Waltz that a team has lost, one of his teams has lost, shooting 50%, and twice it's happened this year. And that's the point that he's trying to make. And Waltz did get it. He got a late tee. Uh, the cards were only down by, I think, two when the technical happened. He, I guess it was after the, the playing question. Yuval was, was down two. Uh, Wake Forest player goes up for a three. They call a foul on Morgan Jones, which was an atrocious call. He... Is very upset about it. I think Wake hits two out of three free throws. Walls still keeps talking. He ends up telling the ref, you know, you need to wake up. You're missing a great game, and it's unfair to these women. And Classic. Good holdy, but a goodie. Gets teed up. He doesn't back down after the game. Calls the calls the, the officials three blind mice on the post-game show. He was he, he was definitely very, very upset. Do you know that song is banned from NHL arenas? I didn't know that. I know I, I've seen the video of a minor league uh, ump tossing the the organist for playing it. Like, yes. like, doo, doo, doo. And he like, he like looks at him just like gives the, the taught your toss on oh, the, the fans go nuts, uh, which I don't know if that was a work or not, but it's, it's still very, very funny. But after the game walls, clearly upset about the officials, but I think more upset about his team. This is becoming a later than it seems type deal. I think we all just keep expecting this team to, to have some sort of clicking moment and get it together and make the tournament as a top, you know, seven, six seed and losing these types of games to bottom teams in the ACC this late in the year, I don't know if it's going to happen. And Walls, here's what he had to say after the game. I don't have the clip, but we can read it. It's tough. I hate losing. I know our fans are upset. I tell our kids, guys, do not get on social media. You're stupid if you do. Everybody's got an opinion and their two cents to say, and that's great. 
but it's never going to be anything good. We had we had people complain when we went to a Final Four, God forbid. So I get it. It's going to be bad now. We have to fix it. I'll tell you that. We have to fix it because I'm not used to this. It sucks. We're just bad right now. Our mental approach to the game, our willingness to be coached, our willingness to adjust and adapt. I apologize to all of our fans that watch this ball game. We're not going to quit. I mean, if you think you're frustrated, these players are frustrated too. What we have to do is change. We have to change our behavior. That's what has to get done because if we don't, the results are going to be the same. He talked a lot about, you know, in, in the past, we haven't necessarily had our five best players on the floor, but we've had five people that are all on the same page and who are all committed to just kicking their opponent's ass. And now he's like, he's saying it without actually saying it, that there seems to be like this mentality of Haley Van List, the star. Everybody else is kind of not sure how to play along with her, and there's there's no gelling between the newcomers and the old. It's it's very clear that this team just is not a cohesive unit, and that's so rare because we've had star players almost yeah. every year under Walls, and they found a way to make it all work. And there's always been like a first team All ACC player, an All American type player, and now with Haley, for whatever reason, it's just not working with everybody else that she has on the floor. And she's not playing very well herself either right now. It's the blue shoes. Um, blue shoes. It's, it's the blue shoes. <laughs> it's the blue shoes. I mean, bothers me. And the, the thing also is that I know, I know obviously there was newcomers onto this roster and, and, and I, you know, hand up. I, I obviously don't follow the ladies team as well as anything else, any other the sports, but I follow from afar and know some names, but I mean, a lot of this team was from last year. A lot of these guys, at least, I mean, excuse me, these ladies returned, right? Yes. I mean, so, I mean, what what changed in an offseason? I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is you lost Emily Anxler, who was probably your best player. I mean, was she last just like year. a glue that, that kind of helped everyone stay together? I mean, was she the bridge that. I, apparently. I mean, she was so versatile. I know that helped a lot. You, I mean, you, you brought back Olivia Cochran, who has not been the same so far this season. You brought back Liz Dixon, who's not giving you enough right now. You brought in Morgan Jones, who I think Walsh thought was going to have a bigger impact than she's had so far. Um, you, you lost Peyton Verholz, who was a former McDonald's All-American who transferred into the season because she wasn't playing enough, although her dad you know, was kind of disagreed. She said there was some sort of disagreement. I don't know what was going on there. Acosta Robinson's that, back, your defensive stopper. They should be better than they are right now, which yeah. is 15-8 and eight and 6-4 and four in the conference. I mean, lo- losing even a McDonald's, I mean, listen, I mean, that happens at Louisville with the level we're at. I mean, we, I'm sure she's not the first. And she didn't play much last year. To transfer. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I just don't understand. I just I don't know if something occurred during the offseason. If there was, like you said, just the, some of the few players that, that left were kind of like the the bridging gap between maybe other players and them leaving combined with some new players coming in that, that you know, maybe are not help bridging the gap, but, but you know, breaking the gap. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. It's a weird deal. To me, it sounds like something off the court that needs to be fixed more than on the court. It, I mean, Walls is definitely a guy. We've had – we recruit very well. Because when it comes to on the court, I trust Jeff Walls as much as anybody in this world that he can For fix sure. it. And we've, if he's having trouble fixing it, that tells me that there's something off the court that needs to be adjusted. We've had all-American side players. We've had WNBA draft picks. We've had a lot of talent come through this program. But we've also had a system that works. Like, you add – you know, we've taken a lot of transfers in recent years. They've all seemed to, to fit into the system flawlessly. And Kristen Carr, to be fair, is having a, a very good year. Who played at Texas Tech and then, of course, Syracuse. Because if you're good at Syracuse, guess what? You're going to finish your career for us. <laughs> but she's come in and she's played well. Morgan Jones has struggled a little bit more than people thought. But besides that, it's a lot of, of veteran players on this team. And it's just so rare to see them not look like this cohesive unit where everybody's functioning, everybody has the same goal, everybody's 
just as passionate as the, the the last woman on the bench. You watch this team play, and there's just there's just something missing. They don't. I'm not saying it's it's a far cry from the men's team. They play hard all the time. It's just like they're not entirely trusting of one another. Like that's then that's an off the court issue. I it think. just yeah, it, it just doesn't flow. If you told me that there were like this team didn't hang out off the court or something like that, it'd be easy to believe you. They all play hard. They all help each other up. They all do that stuff. It's just watching this program for the last several years and seeing how successful they've been and what works so well for them. It's not present this year with this group, at least not yet. Now they've got they have plenty of time to get it figured out. And I mean, I say that not really that much time. You're now staring at just eight regular season games left, and two of those are three of those are going to come against nationally ranked competition. They'll play North Carolina at home next week, who's number 15, and then they have two games still left against a resurgent Notre Dame team that's in the top 10 right now. They need to get right pretty quickly. They'll, they'll play at Syracuse on Sunday, who's pretty good. The, the, the tournament's not in danger, correct? I mean, after these, it's. I mean, I know it's for, not. It's not a certainty. Wake Forest, it's not a good law. It's not a good loss. It's not a certainty. I think right now, having, I mean, they'd be in if it started today. They're 15 and eight. They're they're six and four. They're right smack in the middle of the pack in the ACC. They're going if they want to make the tournament. They're going to have to keep playing at least five hundred basketball. You cannot, you can't finish it nine and nine in, in this conference, which is is good but not great. Yeah. And just expecting that large bid, especially when they've got a good win over Texas in, in the non conference, but they were not as good as they typically are in the non conference portion of their season. They lost. I mean, they lost four non conference games this season, and they don't have a a win that really sparkles like they typically have. It's it's just they need. They, they've got a lot of work left to do if they're going to make the tournament, let alone make some noise in the tournament. The tournament sounds like a place to make that noise. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to get on a little bit of run. I was hoping that you know, having this game— Hasn't Walls never won the AC tournament or something? Isn't that what it is? No, he's won it. Okay, I was thinking—I I don't know why I was thinking. Having this game—I think you're thinking of Dan McDonald. Well, okay, maybe that's what it is. Having this game against Wake Forest last night, I thought would it serve as the perfect jumping-off point to get hot. It's a team that you should have— should have taken care of business, and it looked like for three quarters they were going to, and then you can roll that over into hopefully big wins on the road over Syracuse, and then a big ranked win over North Carolina, and then really get some momentum going, and then just to have the collapse happen the way that it did, it almost looked exactly the same as their loss on Sunday to NC State, is it's a mental blow for this team, and they've got to get over it really quickly, or else you do start to worry about the losses piling up, and you do start to worry about your state uh, of making the NCAA tournament. It's a, It's this is a big moment for them coming I mean, up on Saturday, Sunday. We can look at that. Let's look at this positively. Maybe this was the 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 bottom of the barrel, the the rock bottom that is, you know, waking up naked in, in, in the laundry room of an apartment building, not knowing how you got there. Moment for these girls. That, that Sounds tell, like a personal experience. <laughs> never, never doing that thing again. <laughs> but, but the, uh, the that, yeah, that's maybe that's what this is. This this is, uh, you know, that moment where they they, they realize this is. Let's quit bleeping around over here. You uh, you feel like I hope uh, you would think NC State might have been that, but sometimes you need to lose to a team that you shouldn't have any business losing to to get to that moment. You do feel like, and, and the last part of Walsh's comments is this: it's maddening because we're extremely talented. Yeah. But if you don't play together and play for each other and have a joy for each other, it doesn't matter. Individual talent is not going to beat a good team. We've proven that here in the past. I mean, we haven't always had the five best players on the floor, but we've had five that were going to play together and kick anybody's ass, and unfortunately, that's our issue right now. This feels, based on his comments... Some people don't get along. This this feels like the fork in the road moment, where either the 
the coming together is going to happen right now, and they're going to have a fantastic February and then hopefully win a few games in the NCAA tournament in March. Or it's going to keep going like this where they'll win a few more games. Yeah. They'll lose to everybody they're supposed to lose to. They may drop one more game that they're not supposed to, to drop. And then they could limp in the NCAA tournament or miss the NCAA tournament. But regardless, they're not going to make any sort of noise. Like, this feels like where... They're at 8-9, maybe losing in the exactly. second round or something. This yeah. feels like the moment for them. Like, like This yeah. is do or die. You're in a corner. It's time for the fight or flight to kick in. If you're going to fight, let's see it starting on Sunday. If you're not, then this is going to keep going like it has the last couple of months, and it's going to be a disappointing year across the board for Cardinal basketball. And the next game is? Sunday against Syracuse. Okay, so we'll, we'll find it's a good, out. It's a good team. Syracuse, I'm is solid. Good team that you're playing on the road. That's It would be a nice win, and then you get North Carolina, who's very good, uh, at home for a nationally televised game. You get a little bit of time off. They'll, they'll have a week off before that game on February 5th. And it should be a good crowd in the Yum Center against the Carolina team that's 15-5 and five, and right now number 15 in the country. So let's get it going. Let's get it going, ladies. Let's go. Come Fi- on. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take some text from you guys before we wrap up this first hour. Texter says, Funny when Waltz loses, he acknowledges how much it sucks in detail and how much it bothers him and even apologizes to the fans that watched. Pain, not so much. Just another day. You can tell the difference in competitiveness. One is a winner, and the other we already know isn't. He's... Does Kenny Payne's behavior after losses, does it bother you? Yeah, a little it, bit. It does, it does me too. It didn't. It, I, I don't know if it did as much as at first, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of getting on my last nerve now. To be fair, as far as like Waltz talking in detail after a disappointing loss, He's had fewer opportunities. Like Payne, maybe he's maybe he's tried, but he's just saying. Maybe it feels like he's saying the same things over and over again because we've gone through this eighteen bleeping times this season already. Um, but I would like to have one game where he kind of has that same type of fire. Like like Walls, you know, he's he's not. It's not funny to him. He he's not sitting there being like, well, you know. Yeah, but I think we've yeah. seen Kenny Payne mad. Like this is who he is. Like he's it is not you're, a very right. emotional. Like I said, when I mean the first interview I saw with him, I was like, this dude just is the opposite of charisma. I mean, he just doesn't ooze it. He just doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he, While we're talking about things that bother us, too, his weekly press conference that he does before games, I guess we'll get one. Um, did they have one today? I don't know if they'll do one since they, they had the weird thing where they, they stayed in Boston. They went to South Bend. But that is, that, that is weird. A little weird. Right? It's, I mean, it's unique. They, they've yeah. pra- they practiced the Boston Garden, which are the, the, not the Boston Garden, but the Celtics practice facility, which people were – Bothered them a little bit that they had this like super cool highlight video of them practicing. And they're like, you just lost to Boston College by 10. We can't act like this. I'm like, let them. They're playing in the Celtics practice arena. Like, at least let them have the some. The only time most of these guys will get into an NBA arena. It's a cool <laughs> moment for them. Let them enjoy. Like, I'm as pissed off as anybody, but we don't have. Not everything bothers me. It doesn't have to bother you, but it's it's bothering everybody. <laughs> at least they get stuck in the. But the, 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 Boston the media conferences. Practice. The mic is so far away from Kenny Payne, and he's so soft-spoken. You can barely hear him. Yeah, like, man. you've got – it's Kenny Payne. Like, well, you know, we've, we've got to get things going. We've got to – and then it's like Jody's voice like, Coach, we've got – I'm like, oh, my God. I've it's like watching pull. a shy Ronnie video. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> I've, like, pulled away from it. It's like the, the, the mics on the, the media are so loud, and the questions are so clear. And then it just goes, we either need to turn him way up or just get that microphone a little bit closer because you can barely hear him. Uh, Texture says, I've gone to several women's games this year, and it looks like Haley is on the three-point line by design. Somehow she still scores 15 to 20 a game. Uh, Haley, I thought she was going to develop into a better three-point shooter. I know she's worked on it, but she's still – it's very clear that they run that you know, handoff action 
inside the three-point line for a reason. She's a mid-range shooter. She just The mid-range shot has not been falling recently, but I, we're lacking, outside of Kristen Carr, I think, consistent elite three-point threats on this team, which is... That's not going to help someone who's a mid-range person because that's... No that more space. Lots yeah. them to clog up, yeah. yeah. Teams are daring people other than Haley to beat them, and she's she's still putting up numbers, but she's taking like 18, 20 shots to get there, and it's not efficient. Well, last night, that wasn't the problem. We shot... We shot again. We shot fifty three percent from the field. Walls' teams never lose when they shoot fifty percent from the field. It's happened three times in his career here. Twice it's happened this season, and it's because, like the men, they're just giving possessions away. Just awful turnovers. Again, during that eighteen zero run by Wake Forest last night, we attempted three shots. Attempted, and we turned the ball over six times. That's very men's basketball esque of us to do, and that's that's got to stop. I hate turnovers. Texas says maybe this year is a reverse of the, quote, Walls can't win the big one. Maybe this year he wins big the big one and loses the little ones. What if we get, what if we get like a seven seed and make a championship run? I'd love it. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? It reminds me of when. I mean, we, we, were, we were already in the, 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 the realms of history of pulling off the biggest upset in women's basketball with uh, beating Brittany Griner. I mean, yeah. why not? I mean, I mean, I would take a guess. This is just way off the top of my head. The highest seed to probably win a women's title is maybe like a three seed. No, it, it, there's been there's been lower. Yeah. To win? Are you sure? Yes, I'll look it up. Right, right. I might I might put five bucks on that. You think it's the, a three seed? I mean, maybe four, but I, I'm I mean stretching it four. Uh, no, there's been. Let's see here. These are the lowest seeds to advance. You can't find it. The lowest seeds to advance in each round. Five of the most surprising runs. I don't know how long they've been doing seeding in women's because the tournament's only been going on since like 1980. So. Yeah, it looks like eight. An eight won the national title? That's what it looks like. Who? I can't find it. When was Tennessee an eight? When was, when was Connecticut an eight? I can't. This is not. What was the, What did they lighten? There's a whole the page room. on this women's NCAA really tournament good. upsets, but it's like in the first round. This should be way easier to find. Why do you ask these questions that just throw us off? We can we can do we can find this during the break. People, this is the worst radio that we do. People are like, well, they're searching for a question that nobody cares about. Let me ask you: Does it bother you when we pause? Yes. To look up yes. That's not a question for you. I know it bothers you. Yes. I don't even know what we're talking about now. I, I was going to say, I got five bucks on a, on a bet. I was going to say the. The texts are talking about Walls. Maybe this is the year that he can get it going as an underdog. It reminds me a little bit of when Gonzaga and Mark Few had this whole thing where it was they they were losing in the Sweet 16 as a two three four seed. They were losing as a, a one seed uh, before they were supposed to. Remember the year they snuck in. They had to win the Big West or the West Coast Conference tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. It's when they had uh, little Sabonis and and they had a couple of good guards. They got in. They were an Oops. 11 seed. Gonzaga. Oh, oh, and yeah, they yeah. made the run, I think, to the Elite Eight, and it was like now people had more respect for him being a team that snuck into the NCAA tournament and won a few games that they probably shouldn't have than they did for him being like a coach of a team that was a three seed but got beaten the the Sweet Sixteen. Um, maybe we can have that type of of season here with with Jeff Walls and the women's team. Let's see here. Texture says, "God, what I would give for KP to sound like Jeff Walls does after a loss." I, I think people. I mean, it's not. It's just not who he is, though. It's not. I mean, but I think we all kind of wish that it was more like that. Texter says, "Is it worrisome that KP doesn't show much emotion?" If I recall, we're all happy that a coach um, left that had absolutely no fire. 
I think Mac had some fire during games. Oh, definitely Mac had fire. After games, he, I think people were more that pissed that he like had, but he was always pissed off. I've seen more emotion from from Chris Mack about Kenny Payne than I've ever seen from Kenny Payne. Yeah. I mean, the, the video alone from the basement about Payne, when, that's more emotion about a man than I've ever seen from said man. Yeah. Texas, you may have already talked about this, but why did Coach Walls get a technical call near the end of the game? Yeah, he said he was, was still pissed off about the, the call on the three-point shot, and his quote was, he told the female official that she needed to to wake up because he was missing a good game and it wasn't fair to the, these players. And that's when he got teed up. I still, oh, only but a goodie. It's a bad. It, it, it's it, he he was in his right to be pissed off. It's a bad call, but you can't get the tee there. You still had a shot to win the game. I think it was slipping at that point. He went and sat in the the seats in the, in the crowd at one point after the call was made. But yeah, it's it, it was a, a bad moment. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, we'll take you guys to fill to the text line. We'll take some texts. We'll also dive into some men's basketball conversation. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next year on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Welcome in second hour here, the Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy weekend to you. Last weekend in January. At least it's supposed to be. I, I, this month doesn't end. I, I feel like we're going to be here like next week and be like, it's the last weekend of January again. I, I thought this was, how is it January 38th? This is, uh, this is still going on. Although now there's a debate on the text line about whether or not January or February are worse. We can, we can have that debate if you want to. I mean, February is shorter, though. February is shorter, but it feels, it feels long. This is this a leap year? I don't think so feels terrible we've got we, we had some bad news in the world of college basketball last night um the, the passing of billy packer 82 years old he was one of the voices of the final four for the bulk of my lifetime i know the bulk mm-hmm. of your lifetime probably yeah. the bulk of a lot of people's lifetimes who are listening to the show right now and you know, kind of like with kobe bryant you, you talking about him yesterday i was not the biggest billy packer fan in the world but certainly he had some 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 very memorable moments mm-hmm. i remember the who could forget this always got attributed to Jim Nance, but he was the one who said Simon says championship when Arizona beat Kentucky, which was one of the sweeter Schadenfreude victories of my lifetime. Growing up as a UK hater, see that is that is kind of like forgotten. It is because Nance went with a milestone that be, victory. Would that fall under Mendoza effect? No. Okay. Nance says a milestone victory, and then Packer says Simon says champ. Packer's basically like. I'm going to show your ass up right now. <laughs> the damn first name. People, people, don't, people don't remember first names. It's sports. Last name. And I've got a better reference. Suck it, Nance. Packer just owns it. And then also a lot of people yeah. were talking today here locally about the, the high five that he gave to Patrick Sparks after Sparks hits the crazy shot to uh, – to, to The bounce around, yeah. To go to the overtime against Michigan State in the Elite Eight after we had uh, – we'd beaten West Virginia, I think, 
the day before. Yeah, we were already there. We were already in the Final Four. Uh, and uh, UK ultimately did not get there. But Some people just have, have what it takes to get over that hump. Some don't. Some people can win regional finals in overtime, and some, <laughs> some, some can't. Some just fall short. Some now are winning two games, but that's... <laughs> It's okay. Then Michigan State for both. 18 UK years ago, we were great. In the lead eight, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> we love them in the Sweet 16, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. But uh, RIP to Billy Packer. It was sad yeah, to was hear sad. that he passed away. Apparently, he'd been dealing with a, a bunch of kidney issues in recent years. And his son, Mark, formerly of, of Packer and Durham, made the announcement. I was, uh, it was always sad to see somebody who's been such a fixture in sports for your lifetime pass away. And it's just a piece of your childhood, just kind of moving on. For sure. Fortunately, yeah. And, yeah, the, the Simon Says Championship, probably the most, I'd say, famous line. I think so, probably. It's the one that came to my mind. It's one I always think of, too, yeah. So, I mean, it's you know, a great line, by the way. Plus, as a little fan, you know you, you loved it. I mean. Oh, yeah. You did not want to see Kentucky. I mean, I was, I'm sure you, I'm sure you were the same back. way. Oh, yeah. I was a million percent convinced UK was going to win the game. <sighs> I remember talking to my friends that day. I mean, I, I think I was in sixth grade this year. And we're t- I'm talking to my friends that day, and we're like, how much are they going to win by? This sucks. We thought that they had a shot to lose in Minnesota against Minnesota the, the game before. I think that was that year. It was. It was Because the Minnesota game, a lot of the Kentucky fans will tell you that, that was they beat up Ron Mercer so bad. Oh, that's that why. That was, they was, he was just, yeah, I mean, because that Minnesota was a very physical Minnesota team. But I just remember thinking that was our shot, and now it's not going to happen. They're going to blow out. Like, Arizona seemed like fortunate to be there. They were, I think, a four seed that year. And it was just. They were. It was oh. so sweet. It was like the Wisconsin game where, granted, I thought they were going to lose the Wisconsin game, but it was they're on the verge of something great. I um, mean, they would have won three straight national titles. That would have been tough to swallow as a kid. It was <sighs> two and three years was already, and that was like the end of the crumb years. We're not we're not exactly riding high, and they're like, my friends in my formative years, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, are just living the the glory days. Well, I know of UK I mean, basketball fandom it was terrible. You see, come from me, I just went from watching the Cowboy fans do what they did in the early '90s to Kentucky doing what they were doing in the mid to late '90s. I'm like, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, this is not, the '90s were not a I mean not a fun time for me at some points. The Pacers are losing every Eastern Conference final they go to. I mean, uh, by the way, Arizona, I believe if I'm not, I might be incorrect on this, but I'm I'm, I'm I might be two for two as well. Uh, I think they're the only four C two win a national title. Uh no, UConn. I thought they were seven. Were, no, they were seven in twenty fourteen, but, but in twenty eleven they were three. Yeah, there was another. You may be right. I know that no five seed has ever won. I think. I think they're the, I could be. I might be wrong because I looked it up during the break. I was right about the women's. The highest you seed were. To win was a three. It was a three and it's happened twice. Ninety four, ninety seven. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I might, and I could be wrong on this one. This one I'm not sure of. I was more confident about the women's because I, I knew. I think there's been another one, but I thought they were the only four. They were the, maybe the first four, or they. The only four. I know I know for a fact, because I do this like weird bracket facts yeah. every single season, that no five seeds ever won it. Because they're the I only know, seed one that, through yeah, eight. I've heard that, yeah. They're the only seed one through eight that's never won. And eight's the only one that is the highest to win it, which was... Eight's the highest. Bill, was that Villanova, right, in 85? Villanova. Um, what, was in, what, was in, what was NC State when they won it? I think it's six. Okay, that makes sense. Because that was a smaller tournament. Yeah, it was, right, yeah. Because they, 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 the, yeah, they didn't get a bye. So. There have been... Look at you. One... Number four seed has won the national title. There's two, th- two six seeds, one seven, one eight, five threes, six twos, twenty six ones. The other six would have been NC State and who's the other six? This has to be somebody more modern. So I'm, I'm, I'm brain farting on. Well, seeding didn't start till '79. Q's in O. They were oh, they three were three. was a three. They were three. I remember that. Hmm. Wonder if you went down the line, how many I could get right. In terms of their seating. 
That doesn't get any relevant. I don't even care if it bothers you or not. Kansas is an 88. Ah, I should have known it. Yes, because they beat Kansas State. He was like an eight seed. Yeah. In the Elite Eight. Yes. Kansas is an 88. I should have remembered that one. The Stupid Trevor. Dumb. Yeah, Arizona is the other four. Can you possibly name the f- other two four seeds that have played in the national championship game and lost? Oh, they have played? Yes. Oh, good Lord. Can You, you should me- be able to get at least one. Can I get a guess on any way or hint? Or hint on any way? The hint will just give it away. Give it away. Give I feel like saying away, you yeah. should be able to get one is enough of a hint. Is, is it somewhat recent then? Somewhat. Four seeds that may, I mean, I know it's not Louisville. Um, but yeah. we've never lost a national championship game, so it couldn't be us. No, obviously. But obviously. who have we played in national championship games? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just feed you. <laughs> oh, well, obviously Michigan was one. Michigan yeah. in 2013. Yeah, they were four seed. Was a right. four seed. Yeah. The other four also played a somewhat local team. Um, Did Kentucky beat a four seed? It wasn't Utah. They weren't a four seed. They were like a, I think they were, they might have been a five. Syracuse in 1996 is the other four seed ah. to play in the national title game. Okay. There you go. Yeah, the. Sorry, you were going to have to walk me through that. Yeah, one. yeah. I was holding your hand there. I know. Doing I the best know. I could. I know. Uh, the only other six seed to play in a national title game, by the way, was the Michigan team in 92, which people always think of the Fab Five, like they were this dominant force. There, they weren't it, a one seed uh, either year. Is there any team that, like, history has changed so much for how great they they were, they were supposedly were is in the Fab Five? Yes. Like, I, I watched, like, those 30, the 30 for 30, which was, it's good, don't get me wrong, it's entertaining. But Very good. It's like people look back at the Fab Five like they were some of this dominant pro- no, they made Cinderella runs literally both times. I mean, Indiana was twice as good as they were in, the, in those Big Tens. They were. I mean, yeah. They, the 60 dead day because they knocked off Ohio State the first year they went in the Elite Eight. Uh, Ohio State was the one seed. That was Jimmy Jackson's senior year. Or All right, real year. quick, real quick. Yeah. We mentioned no five seeds ever won the national title. Yeah. How many five seeds have lost the national title game? I want to say at least one, right? At least one is correct. Because who did I just say a second ago that I thought was a five seed? I don't know. Uh, Utah. In, they were not. In, in 98, they weren't a five seed? No. Um, I don't know. Who was it? How many? How, oh, you, how many? I, you said at least one. And oh, I said, yes, at least one. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll say I'll say, I'll say, say one only. Three times. Three. Give me the years and I'll see if I can guess the team. 2000, 2002, 2010. <laughs> That's the past. <laughs> well, 2010 was uh, Butler. Correct. Yeah. Uh, who was 2000 would have been uh, um, Florida? Correct. Who who beat Butler on a on a on a on a fluke sh- on, a, on a floater in the first round, which cost me my bracket. That's correct. Uh, I'll never forget that one. Andy Mike Miller in 2001, 2002, 2002. That was uh, uh, Arizona. Nope. Didn't Arizona lose to uh, beat Duke or that was 2001? Oh, they lost to Duke. They lost to who? 2002 was UConn beat. Nope. What year was? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that Ben Gordon? Nope. UConn won in 04. Oh, that was Ben Gordon. Who am I forgetting in 2002? What year? What drugs were I on that blacked me out? Juan Dixon. Oh, Maryland beat uh, Indiana. Correct. Yeah. Indiana yeah, was Yeah, Indiana was, yeah, because Indiana beat number one uh, Duke in Rupp Arena. There you go. I was thinking they were right in a four, but yeah. Jared M- Jeffries. More fun than talking about current college basketball, historic NCAA tournament seed trends. That's what we need to do more of on the show. Uh, I've got a question for you. I... I found I'm enjoying out. it more talking about so the current team already, to be honest. I thought another one, too. The first seeding ever in 79, a double-digit made it that year. Made it where? To the Final Four. 
In 89? No, in the 79, the very first year they ever did seeding at double digit actually made the final four. It wasn't LSU. That was in 86. That was with us. It wasn't, I don't know, this is boring. Who, it, 10. Oh, I would not have gotten Got that. Got dominated by Michigan State. Would not have gotten that. Um, Still, I think to this day, and, and I'm pretty sure the only Ivy League team to make it probably even past the Sweet 16. What seed did you say they were? They were a 10, I believe. 10 or 11. 1979. We're on this list. The deepest run of 10 seed is made. It's the Final Four. It's happened just once as number 10 Syracuse achieved the feat in 2016. I think this is with the expanded tournament, though. Okay. So that would have been before the, the tournament expanded. Um, yeah, it was first, like I said, the first year they ever did seeding. It was brought to my attention today that the Royal Rumble is this weekend. I did not know this. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot. <laughs> it's sad. It's tomorrow. So here's a good question. I went to last year's. Here's a good question from, uh, it's actually my buddy Danny's his little brother. He's, he's as obsessed with wrestling as you are. I think he's still more into WWE than you are now, but he's very much a, a rest, whatever the, the hoop head equivalent is. He's a wrestling head. Real quick, Penn was a nine. I thought they were ten. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're okay. I stand corrected. I apologize. If there were a Royal Rumble featuring Louisville basketball players over the years, oh, this is the good. Like and they're this. in their current oh, state. Okay. So you can't take like Rodney McRae, the peak of his physical prowess. <laughs> I don't know Rodney McRae nowadays. You don't look how shape Rodney McRae's in. I, I don't. I don't. But I'm saying <laughs> you're getting Rodney McRae today, and not Rodney McRae at 21 years old. Okay. Good. To, good to know. Clarify that. Who wins? Like, if, if you put all, like, all Louisville alumni in there? Yeah, 40 Louisville players. 40 of the biggest, well, baddest Louisville players of all time. Rumble. I thought it was 40 for some so reason. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's 30. Uh, like, does, does current players count? Sure. I don't even know who off the – no, nobody off this team was gonna, is going to – I don't know. I mean, the bigger, the, the more, the, the scarier. Um, Who would win it all? I'm going Felton Spencer. Good luck getting that dude over the top, okay. bro. <laughs> yeah, I saw Felton about three or four years ago. He might not be laterally still. Can, he might still not be moving laterally as well as he used to, but I, it's going to take a few guys to get him over that top rope. I went with Trez. I think he's the perfect combination of size, physical prowess, and athleticism. And then my buddy, <laughs> I, I responded on, on Twitter. I was like, I think Trez wins it. My buddy goes, too much emotion and pageantry for Trez to last. While he's obnoxiously celebrating tossing Zach Price, a crafty Dwayne Sutton will strike. <laughs> that's exactly what I was like, that's, there, just, that's well done. There, there's one trope with the Royal Rumbles if you're ever watching it. Like, anytime you see a guy go wild, he comes in and he goes, you know, wild. Yeah. And, like, hits a bunch of people and throws them out. Dollars for donuts, soon. he is next to be eliminated. I love it. Vince McMahon does not, uh, he doesn't break patterns too often. <laughs> um, all right, 502-414-1450 If you've got Royal Rumble thoughts Louisville <laughs> Royal Rumble thoughts, let us know uh, We'll get back to the text line here uh, Text says, Trevor, that Bob Crane search you sent me on Was one interesting rabbit hole I've got no idea what this, what this is in reference to So someone to. texted, because I told you I was going to reply to text yesterday after the show Okay And, and so I replied to a bunch of texts you know, And one of them was uh, someone asking us about How like we're going to do our next game or something like that Camera, the question was now is about about some about predicting something this global team's going to do, and I responded with like we have no idea. Just call us Colonel Clink. We're I know nothing, and he responded back was like I had to Google your reference. I've never heard of it. And for those that don't know, it's from Hogan's Heroes. The, okay, it's the '70s show. The, Bob Crane, the main character, they would sneak out, and every time they'd get quote unquote caught, they'd be like the the Colonel would be like I know nothing, I saw nothing, I see nothing. 
And uh, so, so he was like, he said that. And I was like, you think that's entertaining? Google Bob Crane. And I don't know if you know Bob Crane. He's the one who the murder with the, the he got killed with the tripod. And it was no, there was a lot of supposedly drugs and porn industry and homosexuality. All I mean, it was a huge ordeal back in the late 70s. Bob Crane. Bob Crane. So I was like, Google. I can imagine I'm the rabbit. Google Bob Crane tonight. Go, just do the, go down the rabbit hole this guy did. There's a movie about uh, about his life and his trial. Because I want to say he, the guy who killed him ended up being found innocent. Despite, like, tons of evidence. I could be wrong. Um, it's an interesting story, though. Trez seems to be the most popular. I don't see Trez doing it. Texas says it has to be Trez. Trez, without question, would win it all. Texas says Ellis Miles or Troy Jackson. I like, well, Troy Jackson is past, Unfortunately, yeah. is past. Ellis Miles, I don't know what he looks like now, so I couldn't. Ellis, is, he'd be a good pick. Like, if you're talking, if we're talking like bad in, their, in their prime days, then yeah, Ellis is a good one. Texas, Darius Perry is winning the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Texas, Stephen Enoch wins by throwing Bullet over the top row. Enoch's a good one. Enoch, Bullet would definitely be a baby fan. You want to look size. You, you got to look, you got to look the bigger, the better, obviously. Texas, I saw that Tyson Tate are leaving Fox Sports. I'm excited for them to announce when they're coming to the Big X on Monday. We'd love to have Tyson Tate we'll here. We'll bring him in. 12 to 3. They can lead into us. Well, no, hold on. We can't put We got to do them 1 to 3. We can't oh, that's right. Kenny Spears off the radio. 1 to 3. 1 to 3. They only need two hours. They only need three. They're fine. Yeah, the podcast is like an hour and a half. Yeah, and the two hours is fine. I mean, it's not, they're, they're not kind of barely even doing anything this year. I texted Mark last night to, like, <laughs> to tell him congrats about whatever snacks. I think that the announcement's coming soon. Um, and we'll spoil their announcement. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> you're almost getting, like you're almost giving away. Well, I mean, they they've already said they're going somewhere else. So. Well, yeah, but I feel like you maybe know. I do. Okay. Um, but the the contract was being signed today, so they could only say so much. I guess. Exactly. I, I assume it's going to come out very very soon. But then I listened to the podcast today, their most recent where they announced it. I got the the bleepiest shout out of all time. Like they're thanking all the people that have like helped them on the show. They're like recurring guests, like Mike Rutherford, and then Moses. Mark's dog, and then they go on to talk about Moses for like five minutes. I get, I get, all I got was a brief mention, and then no, they go like they talk about Andy Katz forever. Who they hate Andy Katz when he comes on the show. Are you bothered by this? A little bit. I deserve it. <laughs> They've had me on to torture me consistently for the last three years. I, we did a live show together, and I, I, all I get, I, like Mike Rutherford, Moses, and then they just talk about Moses for a solid five minutes. You feel like you you were just being used as a stepping stone. I deserved more. I, I, did, I deserved more love for their success than I'm getting. Or right. at least equal amount as the dog. I don't want them on the big X. I, I don't. I don't think they belong here. They don't fit the culture. They don't fit the vibe. I just want to know if they're going to show up to the Christmas party or not. They, they will. <laughs> That's the only thing I care about. I think Mark's big thing was he was just he, he was ready to move on are, out are, of L.A. Where does the interest level stand in terms of lottery clubs? Probably not high. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Mark's going to be moving to to Chicago pretty soon. Chicago. Chicago. I think he was just ready to ready to get out of L.A., which is is kind of understandable. That's a nice little jump from L.A. to Chicago. Yeah, I think that they were both excited. I mean, tasted North Carolina guy, but they were closer to be. Happy to be closer back home. Would you be? Would you want? Would you ever want to live on the West Coast? I think if I'd been sort of in their shoes, where like like Tate's younger, Titus is like three or four years younger than I am. Okay. But Tate's like I think in his late twenties. There was a period where I wanted to like live in California and work after college for like a couple of years, and a buddy of mine had always talked about doing it. He did it. I didn't, uh, obviously. But I think it would have been fine then. The older you get, I think the more important it gets to like being closer to home, to where you have roots already laid down and kind of where you want to be in your later yeah. years but it's so like now no but you know 15 20 years ago and i look at more just like the living in the, the time zone area like being the fact that like 
everything just happens three hours earlier than you, you you've almost just grown to expect living in the East Coast for most of the time. People who do make the move from it's, East Coast to West Coast, they always talk about when they're sports fans, like waking up on Saturday with stuff already happening. Yeah, how crazy I mean, it is! How great NFL it is. starts at ten a.m. Yeah, it's, that would be. Fun. I mean, it is it it is a weird weird. I mean, I've you know obviously visited the West Coast before, so it's and during sports seasons, weekends, and yada yada. So it can be. Be an interesting, yeah, it can be different, especially for someone like me who doesn't like getting up early as well. And you never really have to have that debate. Like, we would always have, I, I felt like when you know we were going out a lot in our early 20s, you always had the debate if there was a really good game on, do we stay here and watch the rest of the game? Like, the cabs are coming, we, we need to get to the bars. Yeah, like, do you really want to miss this? Do you really want to have to like fight for? You know, shoulder room at the bar to watch the, the game on like that'll never be a debate on the west coast everything of of consequence is ending at like 10 p.m that, that was the other thing i was saying that's the one downfall is it's nine o'clock and literally no sports are play. everything's done yeah where you know on these get coast, really into big west basketball yeah <laughs> but it's why done because that's their normal they're already playing they play it like you know their seven o'clock is our 10 o'clock so yeah it's it, it would be different but then you can just fully focus on on having a good time which is so there's something to be said for that. <laughs> Texas says Trevor with the trophy sounds like the Shiva Bowl. Oh, that's a good classic. That's a little league callback. Yeah. The league was I, really good at first. The league's first two, maybe three seasons were excellent. I think I checked out during three. I want to say that's about the time. When they added Rufi, Rofi, whatever his name is. And, Rami, Ravi. Yeah, the sex Ravi, addict yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. He had his moments early, and I'm like, he does he need to be a recurring character. Like, I don't. Yeah. Or a main character. The, like, and, and, and it was a little annoying because the, foot, the when they talked fantasy football, it was kind of generic. Well, yeah, you had to, they tried to appeal to a broader fan base, but it, it did make me pissed off. It's one of those things, like, as a sports person, when there's somebody in a sports movie who very clearly is unathletic, it bothers me. Yeah. But it doesn't bother, like, Mary or, you know, people who don't really care that much. But being a fantasy football person, when they were talking about having, like, an eight-person league and you never see the other, like, that stuff always kind of bothered me. And I'm like, come on. And they're talking about trades. And I'm like, that guy's not, seriously. The best part of that entire show still to my and I've used, I've used this video many times, is I guess, I can't remember which character it was. I forget their names now. And he had David Akers going. And like he needed Acres to hit like a field goal, and he wins. When he the hits time. the post, yeah, he post, and he runs out there. And the, I can't remember the guy's name, Nicholas something, the one with the glasses, yeah. the kind of Weasley. And he's just going off, and he just looks at his daughter. He goes, "There is no Santa. There is no Santa. There <laughs> is no Christmas." Yeah, and the guy looks at me, goes, "I feel like I just won twice." That's yeah, <laughs> That's, I do vividly remember that one. My by far my favorite scene of that old show. But the all-time <laughs> worst fantasy football reference in, in pop culture is still. The first Christmas episode from The Office when Roy and Daryl are talking shop in like the, the, the break room and Roy's like, I, I can't believe you traded Sean Alexander. And he's like, I need a defense. I, I traded him for Seattle. <laughs> I remember that scene. Like, he <laughs> traded Sean Alexander. Like he's the best running back in the league at this time oh, for yeah. defense. Like the worst trade you could possibly make. Like even watching that, it's like in the early days of fantasy football. I'm like, he'd never do that. You, you'd never do that. <laughs> yeah, my, that would have been around the time Alexander was setting touchdown records. My parents are like, who cares? Like, I care. <laughs> Was that now? Was the the first office Christmas? Is that the when they did the Santa the swapping? Yeah, yeah, okay, swap. Yeah, you yeah. Swap. okay, I couldn't remember. All right, the uh, Benny yeah. Hanna one's still my favorite. Benny Hanna one, I think, was the second one. It was it's a okay. good one too. <laughs> the, 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 the Roy's inability to keep a straight face when Michael goes, "You can't tell my party." He goes, "Well, you, you know, waitresses all look alike." <laughs> and Roy's, you just tell he just can't keep a character. It's one of my favorites. Texas says someone at Big X Studios is using the bowls and spoons as a makeshift bidet. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like imagining that. I don't like envisioning that at all. And now I'm not going to be able to get it out of my head. Every time I use that bathroom now. 
Text her, I both love and hate you for that. That is the, that is the brilliant. Because, I mean, it may, maybe. Like, I'm not putting it past. I'm trying to picture most. How do you do that? With the spoon. <laughs> Didn't you have, like, like, at least a tube or something? I mean, it's... Oh, God. Uh, uh, and if you've ever met Frank that lives in this, like that. I don't. Uh, have you ever met Frank? Yeah, because who lives there? Frank and Frank. Well, uh, Tom, Tom, Tommy. He's you never see him. He's over in the other I've, side. I've, I've, yeah. I've talked to Frank multiple. Because Frank, yeah. Frank's the one who will come out. And he'll be like, "I like the show, guys." I'm yeah. like, Thanks for listening, Frank. With or without a shirt on, sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's the stagehand. Is what he does. Like he, he's the one. He helps build the stages, like at Kentucky uh, Center for the Arts and stuff. Oh, nice. Oh, that's right. I think you've told yeah, me. Yeah. So he's kind of an old hippie stage guy kind of guy. Texas says clearly someone was celebrating the Finnish New Year tradition of spoon bowler. <laughs> Placing the bowl and spoon on the back of the hopper in hopes that Honden Uden will fill the bowls with loot fish and lefsy. I wonder if that's from, they just took something from something. I don't know. I don't want to know. The loot fish sounds familiar. I feel uh, like it's like something from like King of the Hill or something, maybe. Plumby Bro won a sex event. Oh, Plumby. Now, is this to us or the, the, the KRC? Oh, it's got to be a KRC. Text. Okay. Well, he's a KRC guy. TJ. Yeah, it's clearly I think it's endless. <laughs> You had to have read those spark notes for summer reading, right? Summer reading was the absolute worst, and I'm glad by college they quit playing that game. Just let the kids enjoy their summer. Did you spark notes growing up? I don't know what spark notes are. It was like they would get, it was like a hack for if you had reading assignments in school, they would kind of summarize the chapters that you were supposed to read and they'd like tell you like the, the big plot points and, and all this stuff. Like so, cliff notes? Exactly. Okay, yeah, see, so this is where our ages don't come up. So you, you had to guess what that is. See, Cliff Notes, you had to, like, buy the little books, right? Yeah, you did. I mean, or, my brothers had some of them, but Spark yeah. Notes was, like, an online website. See, so, yeah, when I when when I was getting reading assignments in school, my ours was either get Cliff Notes or go rent the movie, which is, like, what I did with Raisin in the Sun. <laughs> Love it. I mean, yeah, I, 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 was, I, was one, I was one Costanza moment short of, like, going to someone's house and be like, can I watch Breakfast at Tiffany's with you? There were a couple other come ones on, out Joe. there, too, because you, you had to kind of get creative Eventually, teachers caught on to it. Like they would go and visit the SparkNotes site and see what they were saying, and so they would include questions that specifically did not like weren't included on SparkNotes. So you'd have to go to like I think there was like a, like Purple Monkey or something like that. It was like heard of that? It was, yeah, it was something like that that also had you know different summaries. But it was you had to get creative, you had to get crafty. I mean, God forbid you ever actually read the book because it was there were sometimes I always tried to read the books in, in school. But there were times where, like, you know, you, had like, you have eight classes. I'm playing sports. Like, I don't have time to do all the assignments. You just had to, you had, you had to get creative. Never, just, I'm glad you're sitting down for this, but I never, <laughs> <laughs> I never once read a one. I mean, hell, I only remember Raising the Sun because that was my freshman year. And that was the book we were supposed to, like, read. And I don't think it was, like, over the summer. I think it was just, like, as an assignment given, like, for, like, that semester or something. The first half is weird. And I was working at a part time at a video store at the time under the, off the books. Cause I was underage, but uh, I, yeah, they, I just I just watched the movie. Good movie, by the way. According to Patrick, who's texting in, TJ says uh, he watched All's Quiet on the Western Front because he had to read it during summer high school reading, and he didn't. I think we only had summer reading is a joke. Like that's that's ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah, that summer reading is that's just something teachers do when they they hate life in general. The only time that I remember having summer reading, we it may have happened another one, but I remember specifically like going into my freshman year at Trinity. I haven't even taken a class. They gave us a, it was like a Dean Koontz book that we were supposed to read. And I remember odd. setting the whole tone for my high school career. I read like half of it and then I just like didn't read the rest. I'm like, Isn't Dean Koontz, Dean Koontz books like Tom Clancy type books? Eh, not really. 
I'm not. I'm talking about law and like stuff like that. Usually, no. This was about like a infectious disease. I remember oh. that. But I, I read half of it. Just didn't read the other half. Starting off on a high note, eerily similar to my the start of my law school career, where the very first day of orientation, they give us our first assignment to brief our first case. Like it's a little bit just like a quick run. You know, you guys are gonna have to do this every day for the you know this whole year. And I go home, and it was the day that the Reds and the Cardinals got into an all-out brawl. Nice. In like the first inning, and I was like, "Well, I'm not doing this." <laughs> and I go to school the next day, assuming that some other pe- like some other hooligans in my class have, have done the same. Like everybody was prepared, everybody had done it all, and I was like, "This is who I'm going to be in this." And you still this to this day have never read that book, have you? What book? The Dean Koontz Universal to Read. I read half of it. Oh, okay, well you got half of it. Yeah, and then I just bailed. I was thinking Dean Koontz. I always think there's a there's a Family Guy where like Brian's driving through like the the woods, and he run, hits somebody, and he freaks out, and he's like. Stephen Hawking is that? I mean, not Stephen, but uh, um, Stephen King is that you? He's like, oh no, it's Dean Coots, and he just gets in the car and reverses back over. Yeah. <laughs> Dean Coots has written a ton of books. I know the name. I just couldn't, I, but I can't tell you one book he's written. But I do know his name. Fear Nothing was the book that we read. I don't remember that book. Yeah, it was. Is he better than Tom Clancy? Yeah. Does, does Dean Coots have a, a, a video game based off his book? Maybe. Because that's pretty impressive. How many books do you think Dean Cooks Dean Koontz has published? Dean Cooks Dean Cook? <laughs> uh, Dean Koontz has published forty-one books. One hundred and thirty-two. Good lord. It's a lot. One hundred and thirty-two? Like I mean This man's turning out like three books a year for the last couple decades. I mean, he's like he's like Master P making albums in the nineties. It's like No. Unreal. Dean Koontz gets it done. I have hundred and thirty one, but how many of those can be actually be good? Like maybe what, eight? I don't, I don't know, Trevor. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's no way. Texas, can we start to think that the stadium rights deal might be falling apart at this point? They had a false start last week. Then again, this week, recession fears looming. You may have companies holding on to their reserves. I don't know, but it, there's clearly something There's clearly something going on. <laughs> it's like looming. It's, I mean, it's, it's odd. I think UofL is eager to get this out there. And like I, I know that it was... Ty Spalding was the one somebody sent in the the screenshot from his his site cardinalsports.com, the rival site saying he'd heard that we were going to get a, a naming rights announcement last Friday. And I think there was buzz on other some sites too. Like it wasn't just made up. Like there clearly was some talk that this was going to happen and then for whatever reason it didn't. And then this week it got so far as to you've got the U of L Board of Trustees announcement made uh, last night, there's going to be a meeting this morning, and it gets canceled at the last second. So I, I don't know why the, the rug keeps getting pulled out from underneath us here, but there's something strange going on. Get on it, Andy's TV. Big X Cardinal Stadium is just, Dugan, make the play. <laughs> just just pull the trigger. I mean, come on. You can't tell, you can't tell me it would be like, welcome to the X. Welcome to I the mean, X. It's a big, like, big X coming across like, in the neon on the, on the field as we're coming through. I mean, come on. It'd be awesome. Let's take a break. When we come back, more text from you guys. Hour number three, we'll get into a little bit of the NFL talk for this upcoming weekend. We'll also talk about the Notre Dame Notre Dame game tomorrow. Keep it locked right here. More Rutherford Show on the way next year on Sweet. 
in Greensboro <laughs> over reigning national runner-up North Carolina. Five wins, five days. Mission 11 straight. That's it. Coming to you this March. We can't count for all. 11 in a row. I mean, I've done songs like winning themes, so I was trying to like not do repeats, so I kind of went out on the yeah on the, out on the edge, kind of doing different songs. That I, I hate replaying the same songs. Like, I will on occasion, don't get me wrong. But, like, if I got a team of, like, wanting to, you know, getting ready for win and glory for the weekend. Like, I want to try to do something different. Sure. And not just do the same, you know, can't stop us now. And, you know, we are the champions and yada, yada, yada. Another reason why this month sucks. Man, and, I went and right now it just sucks. I'm getting shocked everywhere I go. Like, like <laughs> literally just, shocked. You drag your feet? The static. No, every time I flip on a light switch, I'm like bracing myself. I'm like, oh, please, no. I go in the bathroom. Boom. I'm like electrocuted. I'm on the floor. It's terrible. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere in this office, just shocking me. I hate it. I don't. I can't remember the last time I've been shocked. <sighs> Count your blessings. I mean, other, other than watching us play, you know, a game of college basketball this year, but but we have a lot of thoughts on U of L player Royal Rumble. I was wondering what you were going to go with this. Yeah, a lot of thoughts. Okay. Texas says Otis George winning the Royal Rumble. There's no other answer. Texas says, with Trez's motor, he comes in like a bushwhacker. Luke gets tossed over the ropes. It keeps going like nothing happened. That's a classic Rumble moment. It is. Uh, Preston Knowles uses a hairbrush at an inch level. Wins the Rumble. <laughs> he can't pull it out of his tights. It's somebody that's not. Texas says, Bozak Smith all day. Bozak could be, I mean, again, you got to go size. You got to lean towards the big guys. Texas, how can you not go immediately go to West Unseld? He threw full court chess passes. He's also not with us anymore. Yeah, it's it's. Today. How am I the only one that went Felton Spencer here? It's a good pick. I mean, the, he's seven feet. He not only that, he knows Mr. Perfect. Felton is, he's got to be up he, there Maybe he did the wrestling vignette with Mr. Perfect back in the day. Felton is 55 years old. That's okay. So is Chris Jericho. Okay, well. <laughs> Triple H is older than that when he won his last Royal Rumble, I think. He's not going to be very mobile. Well, ne- neither is most of the rest. Mo- neither was Hogan most of the time, and he still won it. Darius Perry gets another vote. Darius Perry. Where's Russ Smith in the voting on this? Texas says, how good are Trev's Rumble trivia skills? Oh, not great. Really? Yeah, not that. Uh, I mean, we, Rumble was never my favorite pay-per-view. A lot of people love the Royal Rumble, and I get it. Oh, I love the Rumble. And a lot of people did. I Back feel, in the day. I, I don't know. I, just, it, I, I, I was more of a SummerSlam Survivor Series guy. Like I, like, And when I stopped watching it, like... I, I was kind of blown away when I got back into wrestling 15 years ago or so. Like, I didn't know that you got, like, a main event for winning the Rumble. Like, that wasn't a thing when I was still, like, my early days of watching wrestling. 
I'm going to have to fire up an old Rumble tonight. I may have to do that. I mean, the best Rumble still kind of easily is talked about the 92. The Ric Flair one? Yeah. yeah. That's 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 the good one. I actually watched that Rumble uh, over at Matt Jones' house one night. Look at you. Taking out with him one night. Wait, uh, what? Is that allowed? Yeah. <laughs> many, many moons ago, I guess, when he still thinks I was an intern. Are you a spy? Yeah. <laughs> He was like, he's like, you want to come hang out one? And I was like, yes. I just met him. Does like, it bother you, Trevor Kelsey and Matt Jones hanging out and bounding over wrestling? Watching wrestling. 75.8% yes, the <laughs> public says. It's going to be on the next poll. <laughs> it's the next one. By the way, Sean Moss uh, just texted in. He says, As a guy who thinks about names, I'd go with Chinando Onowaku in the underhand toss slam finishing move. Nice. I like that. Look, look at that. Underhand toss out of the ring. Onowaku's a good pull, too. That's big. He's, I mean, six, what, six, eight, six, nine, 275. Can I, can I give a little? It, he's been gone long enough, and the other person doesn't even like work really with UFO basketball. I feel like I can say this right now. He's, not, he, he's never listening. This probably won't even get back to him. Chinando right. Onowaku hated Jeff Greer. And it made me so happy. He hated him. It made me so That's happy. so random. Chris, like, I, Chris, like, like I, why? He has no idea. He has no idea. He's like, I would. I walked up to him one time to ask him a question. Like, he's like sprinted away and was laughing. And Kenny Klein was like running after him to be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And like every time I went in the locker room, tried to talk to him, he just like stared at me and gave me the most like just pissed off answer possible. Hated Greer, which made me like him even more. Is it because he Greer pointed out that he he committed at least one to two offensive fouls on on moving picks every game he played? Shawnee was Shawnee was was good. Shawnee was one of those guys I really wish would have come back for one more year. Like because the the raw talent was there still for sure. And I get where he left him. He's a second round pick. But like I just I thought like he comes back he's the guy that could have moved into the first round. Uh, he's probably first, maybe not. But. He's a first rounder to me because he hated Jeff Greer. <laughs> and I love the under. I mean, come on, he's he's shooting free throws like Ollie. Okay, I mean you got. I mean, how do you not love that? I I mean I give him props for it, it was a something that that Rick Pitino pitched to him. It's something that I think a lot of people who play major conference college basketball with NBA aspirations would have too big of an ego to do, right? Yeah. And it worked. Like, like he it, shot yeah, free throws a lot better doing that. He, he, I think he knew that it was going to get picked up on and people were going to kind of make fun of it or at least you know pay it more attention than he was willing. And he, he never never balked at the idea. I want to yell bless you to somebody. Somebody's allowed to. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, would, I want to say bless you. It's just a I'm like habit in me. Uh, is Anamaki still playing? He's got to be playing over. I'm sure he's playing somewhere, but he's not. I don't, th- I don't think he's doing the G League. No, he's not G League. I don't. That's been nerdy. Because he, he made a couple of starts in the NBA. Yeah. I remember he was, well, he was on um, the Cavs. He was, and I can't remember what team. I mean, he also played for the Mavs at one time. He, I might be on. Uh, Cavs and Rockets, I know. Rockets. That's it. That's you're right. Um, I was in right state, wrong city. But I, I know he was because he was playing in Israel right now, by the way. Good for him. Uh, he was on the NBA uh, 2K game, and that was when I still like played 2K on occasion. And I remember I would always change his free throw because on the, there they, they didn't have him shooting underhanded, so I would change it on him, and I'd always move his like free throw percentage up to like ninety eight percent. Nice, because he's like he's underhanded. Come on, man. How about this? He was the twenty twenty two MVP of the Israeli Basketball Premier League. The year before that, he was the champion of the Croatian League and also the MVP of the Croatian League Cup. I mean, Croatian League's got to have some decent talent, right? I, I think the Israeli League too. They take basketball seriously. They I think do. a lot of players go to Israel and play. I think it's one of the better. European leagues, so props to to, to Sean. He's he's getting it done, and he's still his career, I'm sure. Good for him, which is great. Um, speaking of NBA stuff, speaking of uh, former players and the pros, we have to give a shout out to Donovan Mitchell, who becomes the first ever U of L former U of L basketball player to be named a starter in the NBA All Star game. Got that nod last night. We've uh, never had a starter. We've never had a starter in the NBA All Star game. I guess yeah, I can see 
that now. I think we've had all stars, but yeah, I guess he's not. Which is crazy to think, but he's. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. I mean, he's the best former Louisville player in the NBA. I think he's already. I think he's already established that. Are you saying all time? Yes. I mean, his his numbers are dwarf everybody else. I mean, you do know Wes Unsell was MVP and rookie of the year. In the I same do year, look right? at his stats okay. after that. Like, like he. I mean, like, stats aside, though. I mean, Mitchell has is torched every record that every former Louisville player has already made. You got to take, but with today's NBA, the record you got to take that with a grain of salt. Somewhat. That's like when you say a guy's averaging thirty points. Yeah, but in like real NBA, he averaged like eighteen twenty. I, I I stand by. It. I think it's. I, I don't think it's up for debate. I think he's very clearly the most successful former Louisville player. Uh, in the NBA that we've ever had. And I think that's only going to – I mean, he's just getting started. First year he's been an all-star starter. He'll join Kyrie Irving in the backcourt, the frontcourt for that team, uh, Giannis, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant. On the West team, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, uh, LeBron, Zion, and uh, Nikola Jokic. Jokic. I always say his name wrong. Jokic. Um, Pretty – the elite of the elite. And now he's included in that. He's been phenomenal for Cleveland this year. Uh, I think he deserves it. Very cool to see a guy that I think we all thought was going to have a good NBA career just turn into a a, a superstar. I'm not going to say I think he's definitely debatable, but I, I just say hands down I don't. And I mean, Lancaster Gordon had it, it was pretty damn good in the NBA as well. His number retired with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Daryl Griffin obviously just, just unfortunately injuries cutting it short was a pretty good player with the Jazz on a bad Jazz teams for the longest time still had multiple yeah, I mean, records. Saying, Lancaster only played four seasons in the NBA. Still pretty decent. Or no, I'm thinking Junior Bridgman. I'm sorry. Yeah, Junior I was going to say, Lancaster never averaged more than I'm seven sorry, points. I'm sorry. Junior Bridgman. My name's mixed up in my head. Junior Bridgman is who I meant to say. Um, who had number retired, but you can buy the Bucks. I mean, there's I mean, Ansel. We mentioned his history and his impact in the NBA. I, I'm not saying it's not. he's not easily probably your top five. I, think, I would guarantee that. Maybe even, but I, I just, I'm not going to argue and say he's not number one. I just don't think it's as easily hands down as you say. I stand by it. I will accept it, though. I will accept the debate, and I, and there's reason to believe it. I, I get I get that. Yeah, I think he's I think especially he's, with so much still to come. Maybe. Yeah, he's he's every every record for former U of L in the NBA. He now he now holds. He's Who been, else would you put in that top five? I think it's him, Unsell, Griffith, Griffith. Yeah, um, I mentioned Junior Bridgman. Junior Bridgman's long career. It's kind of over forgotten about a little bit when it, with his NBA career. I think too. consistently like a. 12 to, to 15 point per game guy. Which is which would be 25 to 30 today's NBA. <laughs> Come on, man. It would be. Uh, and they were scoring a lot back then, too. Um, <laughs> who would be the fifth? I mean, Rozier's had a great career. And you you realize we have... We have Ellison had... was a solid career. I mean, uh, yeah, Purvis was a sol- somewhat solid, but maybe underachieving because he was a number one pick career. Yeah. But we, still, haven't, we haven't had that many. I mean, Derek... Derek Smith was not was okay. He had the, his really best years were really the years he had with the Clippers when they were really bad and it's kind of like somebody's got to score, you know, type type numbers. Um, I mean, who am I thinking of? I mean, yeah, Garcia's not going to be on there. I mean, he no, although he had a, a good career, he was decent. He was a you know bench player for yeah, the most part. Gorgie's had a long career, but not big time numbers. No, I mean, same with uh, Earl Clark had a flash, but never. Great. No. Trez has had a good career. He's six Trez man of the year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but that's your like your top five. That's yeah. I mean, we, we don't, for, a, for a program who's as is as, as, as elite as it is in the college level. For sure. Not a lot of success. Like, especially when you talk about other, like when you, when you, where you put little top six, right? Yeah. Of those other schools. I mean, we've got to be almost last in terms of NBA production, right? Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not ahead of Kansas in NBA. We're not ahead of Kentucky in NBA production. 
We're not ahead of UCLA in NBA production. I mean, who else is in that top six? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at scoring, I mean, Trez... Not has, just scoring, I'm just saying it's just it's impactful. I'm just looking yeah. at scoring because there, you know, there's not, not a whole lot of people who have scored a lot of the points in the NBA. Donovan is way in front of everybody. I believe that. Um, you've got Trez is pretty damn close to, to this list. Griffith averaged 16.2 points for his career, which is the second most behind Mitchell's 26. Um Junior Bridgman's up there with 13. Trez is right there at 12. Um, Rodney McRae did average 11 points. Yeah, Rodney was solid. He, I mean, he, but he was a utility player on, a, on, on the Rockets. Number three is Terry Rozier uh, out of all time. Well, we see, you're looking at scoring it's where it's kind of, again, that's like talking about receivers and comparing receiver numbers today to receiver numbers even in the 80s. It's, it's almost not fair to do because it's a different style of game. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's had a good career for sure. Uh, I, I don't know if it's top five, but he's... He's, he's definitely top that 10. That fifth is a hard one to do. Hmm? I mean, that fifth is not, I mean, yeah. it's almost like whoever you put there, it's almost like not even almost kind of worthy of being in a top five. Yeah. Someone says, what about Damian Lee? Damian Lee, he's having a good year for yeah. the Suns. He's world champion, but he was, you know, kind of the last man on those Warriors teams. But he's, I tell you what, he's acquitting himself well. Anybody who thought that he, I think I saw somebody saying he's like the minimum contract MVP, which nah. some of the analytical people will give that award every year. He's going, he, Good for him for signing a one-year contract, betting on himself, taking the league minimum. He's going to get more money after this year because he's really helped them, and he's been uh, very good for the Suns. He's definitely kind of made a name for himself as more than just Steph Curry's brother-in-law who was on the team because he had a famous family member. And you know what I attribute that to? Him coming on the show and co-hosting this. Oh, it was, it was. Everybody who comes on the show winds up having success. I think he's publicly even said that. I mean, look at me. I've become famous now because you're famous. People are taking selfies with you. I'm over 1,000 followers on Twitter. We have Danny Busman Kelly on the show. Immediately, volleyball takes off, goes Obviously. to back-to-back Final Fours. Uh, Sean Moss killing it, doing Sean Moss stuff. Vince stood us up. He got fired. He did, well, he didn't get fired, but <laughs> he did stand us up. <laughs> Damian Lee crushing it. Come on the show. I mean, when you talk about NBA, Louisville players in the NBA, it's like it's, it's always. I feel like every name we're mentioning, like, oh, they're good, but eh, are they? It's like we're like yeah. the bridesmaid, never a bride of NBA talent. It's a lot of words. Like they had, they had a fine career. They weren't like, bad. Like Garcia, average, yeah. He's a Garcia solid. had a lengthy career where he made a ton of money and had some good moments, but he wasn't. He was never like in the All Star contention or anything like that. And same with I think you could say like, like Rozier's had a very good career, but he's never been considered like the elite of the elite. Although he's making a ton of money. I mean, when you talk about like, and I get crap a lot of times because like I, I like the, the the level players. Like you know, you have your role player, you have kind of good player, you have your star, and then you have your superstar. Really, outside of Unsel and Mitchell, I don't know if it was ever. Those are the only two, and I and I'm sorry, Griff, because yeah. the injuries are there. But I'd put it. I'd put the star label on Griff, but superstar level, Mitchell and Unsel are probably the only two. Probably. Texas, are we going to sit here and act like Greg Miner didn't dominate the NBA? <laughs> Greg he was, Miner he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated one time. Drafted by the Pacers, so excited as a, as a kid at 14, and then traded to the Clippers for Eric Piakowski. I was so mad on draft day. He was the 25th overall pick. First round, yeah. I think he said 14. No, no, I was 14. Oh, you were 14. In 94. Because I'm always was... so impressed by your your knowledge of no. like what pick numbers are. No, he was, he was drafted in the first round by the Pacers, technically, but then traded for Eric Piakowski to the Clippers on draft day. It doesn't say that on his Wikipedia page. It just says selected by the, the Clippers. Really? Yeah. No, that's Which not is true. weird. Yeah. I uh, remember that vividly. I believe you. Because you're... you're all draft knowledge, I defer to you. You you are overly <laughs> impressive when it comes to that. I'm blown away every time you do that. Well, yeah, that was in 94, right? That was in 94, correct. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that was the draft I went to. God. It was in Indianapolis. I was there. Texas says, uh, going back to uh, 
NBA players. Rodney McRae, Texas says Samaki won an NBA title. He did, but Samaki's another one that was like now, I tell you, Samaki fine would, career. Samaki would like not... be good in the Rumble. Samaki would be good in the Rumble. I would, I would go with Samaki maybe in the Rumble. Texas, we might not have as many good players as the other top six schools in the NCAA basketball, but I bet we have a large gap between us and everyone else in terms of NBA talent. I don't know about that. I mean, I think there some schools have churned out NBA players that haven't been like top ten all time programs. I can't. Oh, I guess I I will think right. He was drafted by Clippers and then traded to the Pacers for Eric Piakowski, Pooh Richardson, and Malik Seeley, and then the Pacers cut him like a week later. I wonder why they did that. Because then he was the Celtics, right? Yeah, and then he signed with the Celtics. They they he was drafted on June thirtieth. No, well, not a week. I guess not a week later in that season he was cut right before the season started, and then he signed with the Celtics like three days later. That's weird. I wonder why they did that. I hope it wasn't because of the Sports Illustrated article. Probably you. <laughs> All about you. Here's the best part, though. The pick he was used at was actually part of the trade that, that t- sent Dominique to the Clippers. Oh, really? The The pick itself traded by the Hawks as a future 94 pick with Dominique to the Clippers for Danny Manning. Texas says, I need to know Trev's Royal Rumble picks if he hasn't already given them. Also, does asking him for WWE picks bother him? Yeah, you're not you're not in tune no, with WWE. I'm saying. not, and it, does, it doesn't bother me for the record. It Do you does. have picks, though? I, I I could guess, but I I don't follow Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a gimme. I, I'm gonna go oh, on. That's my pick. I just that's all I know. I'm gonna say Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn wins the Rumble. Sami Zayn wins the Rumble and picks and pisses off the bloodline. Roman Reigns wins. Is, is he in Z- the Rumble? Zayn and Reigns have been kind of okay. Because Reigns is feuding with Kevin Owens, and he runs a group called the Bloodline, which is his real family members, the Usos, who are his cousins, and uh, their brother is like his group. And Sammy's kind of the goofball that runs around saying he's the honorary Uso. And he's been trying to prove to them that he is loyal to the group and there's been question about it. And I think it's, I think he shocks the world by winning the Rumble. All right. There it is. Uh, we got good news. Good news. Now, if I'm saying we've got good breaking news for a particular U of L sport, a major U of L sport, which sport do you think that I'm going to talk about? Uh, who did Brahm sign now? <laughs> Not signed, but. Got the commitment from no, oh no, KJ Cloyd, junior Ooh. linebacker who entered the transfer portal, who a lot of people thought was going to help us out with depth this season at linebacker, announced that he's returning to Louisville to play under first year head coach Jeff Brom. Why he says he? go cards. He announces that on Twitter. That helps at linebacker where we are. I think we feel good about what we have in the, in, on the the first line of the depth chart, but we need to add some depth. Cloyd also some nice continuity of that position. He played this past year, uh, four tackles, one quarterback hurry in a game against NC State. Played in, I think, all 12 games. Had about, let's see, it looks like they had about 13 tackles. So he, he played in all 13 games in 2021. One as a starter. Appeared in 11 games as a true freshman back in 2020. He's been a solid contributor on special teams and the defense for the last three years. Nice to have him back for at least one more run with Jeff Brom and company here in Louisville. Good news. Good news. Can we get some good news on the other teams? Come on. This <laughs> That's Dire Straits trending. I saw that. I, I was afraid to click. And I click on it, and you know, all the things I'm reading is, I don't know what Dire Straits is trending, but here's something for Dire It's like, so they're trending now because people want it, are typing their name asking why they're trending. How often do you think that actually happens? I don't know. Do you I, get what I'm trying to say, though, a little yeah. bit? Yeah. It's, some of the trending today has been really weird. It's been weird lately. Like, baby Jessica's trending now? Really? I, I mean, I'm sure somebody asked a question, like, what's your first memory of a big news story? That would come up, yeah. They just come down the like well, yeah. Up, yeah. Well, because <laughs> some of the first thing that comes up is the is the uh, the stupid Denzel gif 
It says, I saw Jessica, baby Jessica trending and thought she fell down the well again. <laughs> Texture says, um, Greer is getting misquoted on Twitter and he's correcting people. Now is the time to jokingly pile on Greer so people can misquote you thinking that you're being serious. What's Greer saying? Do I follow Greer? There's a quote from Alan Thomas on Twitter saying, kids on visits in the fall were concerned about how they were going to be coached by Kenny Payne. From Greer, Greer responded by saying a very loose representation of what I said with no context provided for how I said it. Oh, wow. I, I would pile on and like make a joke. Greer coming at him with the little. You can't make jokes now, though. Like, no, no. Like, like, five years ago, I could have been like, can't believe Greer said this or something. And everybody would be like, ha Now I'd be like, you morons. I hate you so much. You know nothing about basketball. <laughs> Get out of my life. This is why I've got you blocked. I hate you. Like, we can't, I can't do it. You can't have fun anymore. You can't. No, no joking allowed when you're 2-18. and 18. No, no. I mean, or one in eighteen, according to some people on Twitter, that, that, that talk about me. We, you should have corrected that guy, though. How are you wearing a UVA shirt in AEW event at one in eighteen, sir? Excuse me. Well, at the time I didn't want to. I do believe it because it's... I wasn't watching the Boston College game. But you could have just said, "We have two wins." So, yeah, give, don't, give, put some love on it, okay? You're assuming we're going to lose, which is fine. You're in your own right, and you're probably correct to do so. But <laughs> don't disrespect FAMU. We have won two games. That was, the, that was a win, okay? How dare you? Get Take shots at the Rattlers. <laughs> this is my Tuesday night. This is a snake and a bitch. Suck it. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour, we can revisit some of these does it bother you questions from the first hour. We'll also turn our attention to Saturday's game against Notre Dame and look also ahead at the uh, NFC and AFC championship games, Whoa! which I'm sure TK is, is chomping at the bit to get to, and maybe we can make fun of Greer more. It's the 5 o'clock hour. It's coming up next. Keep it locked right here on the Big X. That doesn't bother me. the five o'clock hour here the friday edition of the mike rutherford show on the big x happy weekend to you i know we had a texture who said that jim nicholson just ruined my nap the, the <laughs> alert that everybody seemed to have everybody gotten on their phone like we're looking at our phone at the same time like did you get that yeah we're glad you're awake we're glad you're now spending some time with us apparently that that alert there's a link on that text and it takes you to facebook oh does it i didn't notice what's I don't understand what's happening here. I mean, it says more details go, and I haven't, I mean, my phone's still unlocked, so I haven't even opened it. So I, I guess, like, does every single county have the ability to put one of these out statewide? Like, if you're Harlan County and, and somebody, you have an Amber Alert, can you just hit a button? Does everybody have one of those big buttons at their county <laughs> county hall? I shouldn't laugh because it's the situation. But I know, but it's but <laughs> it's strange. Is it labeled by color? Like, okay. Well, we got to go. Who, what, what's wrong? It's, it's a gold. It's a purple. It's, it's a color button. The last one that came out came well, out. the wrong button on accident. The last <laughs> one came out at like, like 2.30 a.m. I remember that it woke everybody up. It terrified everybody. 
And it wasn't even like a personal alert. It was like some sort of weather thing. Oh, I hate the, yeah, the weather hazard. But it was yeah. like wind advisor. I'm like, do we really need to do this for wind advisor? Like, like what's going I get that it's within the, everyone's best intentions, but there's got to be a better system. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I had to Google this one because I didn't even, I mean, I had no idea what a gold alert was. There are new alerts all the time. I had no get new clue. alerts coming everywhere. And so I'm Googling and I'm like, and it tur- well, it turns out, in case you're wondering, it's it's if someone who is, has mental issues has gone missing and. I understand it. So if you see Jim Nicholson and he's five foot nine, give him a call. Uh, but like then when I Googled it, I like also was just like blown away by how many color alerts there are. Like I only knew Amber Alert. I'm going to start. Like I, literally like I only, did you know any other other than Amber Alert before just, just now? Amber Alert's the most famous for sure. Well, of course. I yeah. knew there was one, we're talking about off air. I knew there was one based off of the guy from Unsolved Mysteries, his son. Adam Walsh. I know was like yeah. Adam Alert. Um Something like that, but I. You're mixing that with Amber, maybe. <laughs> no, there's there it's is like a boy. It's Amber. No, there is like an Adam alert. I believe. That. Okay, uh, I, I can but, see that. But Amber alerts the one that I think everybody everybody knows. You know what we need to do? <laughs> there's a silver, purple, blue. I mean, gray. If I ever became an elected gray. official, just in a complete abuse of power. I would just start sending out these alerts if Louisville was close to winning a basketball game in the second half right now. <laughs> it's like it's like statewide, ACC Network Extra. The cards lead Pitt by two with seven minutes to play. Just That's blow, a red alert, right? Blow up everybody's phones. Yeah, red and black alert. Oh, uh, red alert's already, uh, already got that's it. What, that's why I said red and black alert. Yeah. You got to oh, change yeah. it up. R&B. <laughs> Just blow up the phone. People are like, oh, my God. It's, what is this person doing? They're beating FAMU by six with five minutes to go. Get your asses over to the ACC network. I get voted out very quickly. <laughs> Welcome in. Five o'clock hour here at the Rutherford Show. If you're just joining the show, we've been talking about everyone in the city's pissed off. Everybody's pissed off about everything. Yep. We So we started the show by playing our new favorite game here in the city, which is Does It Bother You? Uh, talking about various things related to Cardinal sports and whether or not they actually bother you. We've also talked about last night's women's basketball loss to Wake Forest, which definitely bothers me. Clearly bothered Jeff Walls, who was very animated with his post-game comments. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I didn't want to, I mean, my bad. There's something I want to ask you, whether it should bother me or not. And this isn't about Louisville sports, though. But it made me think about, I thought about this yesterday from my encounter on Wednesday in Rupp Arena. Or going to the the event on Wednesday. Serve it up. I'm here. (laughs) So, I mean, I am old. I'm old, okay? So, and, and I don't do the event thing. It's been a while. Like it's been, I, I'm most, so like when I was going out there last night, like the, one of the first things I wanted to do, make sure before I headed up to Lexington was I want to make sure I had cash on me for like parking and concession stands. Sure. Which apparently now was futile because the, nobody takes cash. They're not even allowed to use cash anymore. And that's kind of one thing. One of the things when I went, so I went to the, I get the parking garage. It was like 20 bucks. I'm like, okay, I don't care. I'm like around the corner. I'll pay 20 bucks to park. And I pull up, and I'm, like, so proud. I got my $20 bill out. I'm like, hand to hand the guy. He's like, no, card only. What? Like, he's like, I'm like, card only? I'm like, I'm glad I have my card with me. But I'm like, okay. So, you know, I pull up my card, and I put, I, you know, he's, he hands me the thing to do it myself. I guess, you know, I don't know why. So, you know, I put the card in, and it's like, you accept. And at the bottom, it says, t- add tip, 10, 15, 20, skip. Yeah. And like, I don't know. That's everywhere. Now. I'm I'm a very good. T- I, I tip. Okay. I, I'm I'm avid about tipping, and I usually over tip. But this guy's just standing here. I know. Like he's not doing I anything. I know. And then so I'm about to hit skip, and as soon as I'm about to hit, I start thinking to myself, 
is he going to know I hit skip? That's that's where I get concerned every time. <laughs> I'm like, so then my mind goes, am I going to just come back and my car is just completely trashed because I hit skip? In those situations, <laughs> I feel like I feel obligated to tip just so you don't mess. Or if you're paying ahead of time for food that's being prepared, I'm like, well, I've got to tip now. I don't want I mean, you spitting I, in my food. I, yeah, I mean, I, I always overtip on DoorDash. I probably overtip on pizza. I always go up one. And, and that's because I also work server. So, and obviously, as my mind's racing, filled with, you know, with what I've been doing all the way up there, I'm like, 20%, here you go. Yeah. Let's give this guy four bucks. Just to, I know. Then, here's the worst part. I know. He walked away once he handed me the thing. I give it back to another woman. Like, and I'm like, where do I park? He's like, just go that way. Like, he did the littlest effort to, to earn a tip. It bothers me. That's my answer to that. Because it is everywhere now. It's and I, pressure. And I almost always just hit, like, the, especially when I've, they've got to prepare my food later. Like, I'll hit, like, the standard, like, 15% or whatever. Yeah. But there are times, like, we went to, we ran into a bakery real quickly because I was with Virginia. And she was, like, saw it and she wanted to go in. And literally all the woman did was reach in, grab a cookie, hand it to me. <laughs> And I was like, "There's a limit." I was like, "I've got to skip. I'm not. Pay- I'm not tipping on my 199 cookie purchase here. I, I can't. I can't justify doubling up the amount of money I'm spending here because you handed me this cookie." Because it always baffles me. Is like Starbucks has their tip jar. Why are they the only place with a drive-through that is that, that thinks they should have a tip jar? Yeah. And, and, well, and I think the local places places do too. Honey Brothers always does. You're, no, but, but okay. So there's only coffee. Like I've never been to McDonald's and there's a tip jar out there. No. I've never been to Arby's, Jaggers, anywhere else where there's a tip jar. They're handling hot stuff. I mean, it's coffee culture. So I always feel bad not tipping. So I like I always use my car when I go to Starbucks. So I can have an excuse not to be. Like, well, they'll they'll give you the receipt where you can write in the tip there. Oh, they no, they don't know where on the Westboro Road one. I guess no. then they they I guess they've given up on that. Well, let's look at the other questions that we actually asked here on the does it bother you update because we when we were first talking about these and giving our answers, we were reading the voting results on Twitter at Car Chronicle which were only up for like 10 minutes. So now <laughs> the topic one was... We got some more finals then. Yeah. Top, okay. Well, it, not finals yet. They're still ongoing, but they've got more votes now. Gotcha. Topic one is what Louisville men's basketball recruiting, uh, what Louisville men's basketball is currently doing on the recruiting trail. Does it bother you? We both said yes. We both said yes. 85.9% of people voting say yes, yeah. it bothers me. 14.1% say no, does not bother me. Topic two the Kentucky basketball players attending Louisville games and getting shout-outs on UofL social media channels after those games, 59.4% say yes, bothers me. 40.6% say no, does not bother me. Uh, we both went with no. I went with no. Did you go no on that one? I went with a soft no. I, I, I okay. went with, it's not a 100%, I don't care about this, because there's a small part of me that for sure is annoyed by it, only because I can't see UK ever doing something similar. If it was like if Donovan Mitchell and Calipari had this relationship, oh yeah, you're and, right. Yeah, you know, UK was two and eighteen, and, and you know they'd just been beaten by Mississippi State. All their social media channels being like, "Great to see the support from Donovan Mitchell," and like I, you know, UK fans would be pissed off about that, and you also know that it would never happen. So that it does kind of bother me, but I would lean more towards does not bother me. Topic three: Haley Van Lith wearing bright blue shoes the last two games. This bothered me not just because she's their blue, but just I hate bright shoes. It was more of a a, a generational thing in your yeah, eyes. It was more of a shoe culture problem that you had with this. So you, don't get the shoe thing. You went with bothers me. I went with does not bother me. 38.4% of responders say it does bother them. 61.6% say it does not bother them. So I'm opposite of everybody except for the recruiting thing. Yes, yeah, so far. Yeah. Topic four. Which I'm amazed it's still only 85%. Yeah, topic four, the delay in the Cardinal Stadium naming rights deal. Oh, yeah. We both said does not bother us, care, whatever. 
Uh, 30.4% say it does bother them. 69.6% say it does not bother them. And topic five, the fact that it's still January. doesn't bother you. bothers me. I'm I'm annoyed. I'm ready to be done with this month. 76.6% of people say it does bother them. 23.4% say no. That's 23% of your fan base that has birthdays in January. Maybe. That's my wife. (laughs) Oh, Miranda, birthday, I didn't get her a gift. January 3rd. Beginning of the month. Oh, I know. I wore a gift. I just got a bad birthday right after New Year's. That no, is that is a bad birthday. Nobody pays attention. Yeah, it's terrible. The only time when I think it was a good birthday That's was... That's worse than even sharing Christmas, I think. She said that. She's like, if I'm yeah. going to be this close, I'd just as soon have it on Christmas it or is. New Year's when we could like just roll it over. The only time when it's good to have that birthday is when you're in college, like that first weekend back, big celebratory weekend, big party weekend, celebrate the birthday. But after that, now it just kind of sucks. I always feel bad. I was kind of... Honestly, now I kind of feel bad for like her mom, too. Because I mean, she had it's been New Year's like ready to burst like was she in the hospital even like in labor during new year's eve they had and her sister that's gonna uh, suck for laura new just year. had her birthday last week they're both really close she's in january too and then laura's daughter uh audrey is january 14th so they're all just smushed in there in january and then the rest the rutherfords are all jolly seems August. to be a time in that family where they all like to conceive well <laughs> kaylee's not there so they they're, they're two for three that's Texture says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We can get into the Notre Dame game in the second segment, but we want, I want to yeah, relive a few texts really here. We mentioned the uh, the big topic that has drawn steam, gained steam on the text line has been which Louisville player was going to Royal Rumble. <laughs> and where did that start? You had a, it was with you and Danny podcast driver that started that. His brother asked a question for the podcast gotcha. today, which we didn't get to record because Danny had I don't know work responsibilities pop up in the morning. I love how you do quotations. When yeah, you I'm doing you. Uh, but his brother, who's a wrestling diehard, asked the question. I was like, yeah, gotcha. it's good for the radio show. But uh, Texas says, BJ Fl- uh, Flynn is really good at flopping. He could fake and then conquer. I can see BJ Flynn. Who was the guy who, like, hit on the – who went under the rope well, and was, like, hit you, under the ring? You'll get that a lot every year. I think Roman did that. A lot he would time, do that. What you, It's called uh, powdering out, yeah. Uh, what that That's used a lot of times when they have a guy come in early, but they know they want him in the end, so they'll have him – kind of powder out under the ring and fall into the ground and he'll stay there for like 45 minutes while everybody does their thing and then he comes in and finish because if you go the whole distance i mean the match is an hour a little bit over an hour long so i mean that's that's a lot of that's a lot of time being in the ring even if you're just throwing punches uh i don't know how we keep getting this text text is it true that you are the loud voice at the end of the phil rich commercials no I don't know why they said rumor started other than me. I don't either. I, I couldn't do it. Oh, I started it. I wish I could. But been no. telling everybody you're lying. That is you. Yeah, it's Troy though, right? I don't think it is. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought you were serious when you told me that. It's Troy's idea. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Okay. I know that. Uh, Texas. Why can't Nolan or Payne land a top recruit? Maybe they will, but I don't see it. There is zero recruiting buzz. I mean, there isn't. There's no buzz. There's not right now. No. I mean, you got you. you I got you. See more buzzes in in the, in the Betty Ford Clinic. It's not. It's just not happening. I mean, you've got, like, Trent Flowers out there is talking about you. Carter Knox is talking about you. Five-star talent. You're in there, like, top fives. But nobody sees you as the favorite for, for these kids. Yeah, the ones that, that you do have some buzz with are 2025 and 2026 kids that grew up in Louisville. Like, Tyon Stokes is going to be a big-time player in the 25 class. Caden Magwood played at Western to start his career and now lives in California. But that's, I mean, we're talking kids that won't be playing here for Three, four more years. Yeah, we have yeah, payment. Yeah, exactly. And they're also like Magwood. I think is going to be a really highly talented I don't player. That. I don't remember that name. He played at Western his freshman year. Now he's playing in California. Okay. He's a, still he's just a three star kid according to the early rankings for that twenty twenty six class. But I think he'll go up. 
He's only a sophomore, I assume, then, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a sophomore right now. Who's the person you mentioned after before him? Tyon Stokes. He also grew up here. Now he lives somewhere else. But he's a he's a bigger player in the 2025 class. But we're not talking about kids um, for the upcoming recruit. Like we've got to get yeah. it going in 2024. Like that's if, if we're even going to get to a year three, you clearly have to get the transfer portal going. But if you're going to have the fans having faith in you in a year three, you've got to have 2024 loaded. You, you got to have that class be what we were hoping 2023 was going to be, and there's no excuse for it not to happen anymore. People are starting to already do the thing where it's like, you can't get on them about this recruiting class because the NCAA stuff was technically still around when it started going and you missed on some kids that he would have gotten. I, I don't fully buy into that, but 2024, you've got zero excuse. Like we, we can't keep playing this game like five years down the line and being like, well, well, he's going to get it done now. I, I just, the umbrella of the um, it's, it's, NCAA stuff has been gone now for months. It's past time. It's past time. He's been on the job for almost a full year at this point. And half of his tenure, the the, the NCAA shadow was only, what, what, half the tenure he's been here in this one year? Yeah. I mean, yeah. This is gonna be, and even with the 23 class, I'm not, even behind because of the NCAA thing. Give him a call still. Texas says, I actually fear that having a two-win season may be the best thing that happens to Kenny Payne. This way, if he wins 10 or 12 games next season, people will chalk it up to significant progress. I They can do that. I you and I have both said, that that can't you, you cannot do that. You, no. you, it's not going to fly with me. You can technically say, "Well, we won proof by ten games." That's that, that's what we're doing. It's year two. It's Louisville. You need to make the NCAA tournament. You, you, there, no, no, you had it. No, you're right. No, you. If you win ten make, games, you defend yourself. You, you're right. If you win ten games in year two at a place like Louisville, there should be very little belief that in year five or year four, or year four. you're going to win thirty. You're going to win 35, which, again, I feel like I keep having to remind me. That's the expectation here. The expectation isn't just to get back to NCAA tournaments and maybe we'll be a seven seed a couple of times and win a game. The expectation is to be back among the elite of the elite. That's didn't, why you come here. That's why you bring people here. Didn't we have a record of something that involved 20 win seasons at one time? We did. We we'd had like most in a row or most by, I don't know. It was some, it was, there was some record. It was one of those things that used to come across the scoreboard. At I, the, I, yeah, he would sure. see every game as you yeah. watch. You know, how we were, you know, top six or seven in attendance and yada, yada. We also had a run of two and a half full seasons where we never lost a game by double digits. It was like 144 straight games or not that, maybe like 99 straight games. And now we've lost eight games by 20 or more already. And it's not even February. I want to say also, didn't we, don't, aren't we like well into the top of a thousand point scores? We're second. Is that North Carolina? Carolina has widened the gap in recent years. Yeah. They, like they, and they also now, they, which is weird when you talk about how the little kind of success in the NBA, that especially compared to North Carolina, that we've had. It's become, it's also become this weird thing now where it's only players that scored a thousand points at your program, which is the way it should be, but you don't get credit for like, you know, Carly Jones coming over here and having sixteen hundred career points. Or I agree with that. That shouldn't. I be do counted, too. Yeah. But now it's becoming hard. We've become more reliant on transfers in recent years. Carolina has. They've had more guys stick around for three or four years than we have recently, and they've added. I think they have like twelve because we got close there for a little bit. I think now they have like. Were we never number one? No, we, oh. we we inched close to Carolina in recent years, and then I think they've they've widened the gap. They have like fifteen or so more than we do now. We got to be up there with two thousand points because we've got three two thousand point scores, don't we? Is that what we have? I want to say is it Griff Wheat and uh, no Russ. Well, Russ and that's four then because didn't Ellison score two thousand? I don't know. That's got to be up there, too. 2,000 points is hard to do in college basketball. 2,000 points is rare, for sure. Very hard. Uh, Texter says, I see plenty of emotion from pain after losses. The emotion is he's all smiles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's... 
I mean, it's not like a, he's out there grinning like he's the Joker or anything, but he, it does seem like yeah, he, he, he and, I, and I get this because I use humor as a mechanism, you know, as a, to, when things are awkward, Same. I make jokes too sure. all the time. Same. Every girl I've ever dated hates it. it. just drove them insane, but I'd always just be, try to be something goofy to lighten the mood. Well, there's got to be a limit. You, there's <laughs> certain moments where you just, yeah, you can't not, always use it. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not always going to work. Yeah, it's not like she walked in and she's like, I have cancer. Well, you get a good parking spot. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> or like, did you sleep with my sister? Well, <laughs> but she wasn't as good as you in bed. You know, yeah, like, you can't do that. That joke doesn't fly. I agree. It's not gonna <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, I, I feel like that's kind of how he, that, that's what I, I get the, the feeling I get from him when he does some of these press conferences. He's kind of like, Turnovers. Well, what can you do? You know, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of like, I see what you guys are seeing. I'm laughing too with you. This is this is terrible. But not, we're not laughing, Kenny. I know that's, that's but the I, thing. I mean, I think there's also you're starting. To, remember how people would talk about in like when Jurich was here and when some other people have been here. There's like concerted media talking points where everybody starts to have the same thing. I don't know where it's coming from, but I think we're kind of starting to see some of that. Like you're getting. Like, for instance, people were talking about, I can't remember where the story came from, but they were talking about guys who have left from last year's team. And, you know, Dre Davis, somebody said, wanted to be here. And well, Rick just wrote an article about where they are now. That's what I'm, I'm getting to. Oh, I'm sorry. There's, you know, people were saying, somebody specifically pointed out, like, Dre Davis wanted to be here and he got cast aside, which I don't know the true story there. There's Both sides have said different things. And Bozich, a day later in his story, like, made it a point when he was pointing out, saying, like, Dre Davis had told Kenny Payne, that he was going to be here and then went back on that promise and went to Seton Hall. And I'm like, where is is that coming from? You're kind of get there's a lot of that right out there now. People sort of starting to say the same things and it's like they're they're trying to start defending themselves with with certain members of the media. I don't know about you. I was I, just, I can only assume that Dre's decision to leave was more based on his brother deciding not to come here than anything. His brother's good. I mean we missed out there. I mean Mac did a decent job recruiting when he was here, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know obviously, probably I, the I know Williamson it. was a big miss. I, I mean, by perspective of what you expect or what you expected to get from him, but well, not as big of a miss as a gay on. True, but yeah, was he? But that was like a last minute add on, right? He was he was the highest rated recruiting guy at the time. I didn't even realize that, but he was still last minute, wasn't he? I mean, I don't remember him being like he was highly touted. And there was talk that Kentucky we we beat Kentucky out for him. Kentucky had gone to, to see, and him going to Ireland, Mac was what caused the difference. I mean, he was a high four-star kid. He ended up, he dropped, when we when he signed, when he committed to us, he was like number 28 in the class. He ended up dropping into the 40s, I think, but he was still a highly touted kid. The problem with Mac was the guys that we got just wound up not developing or being good. I, I think- Well, that would be, Williamson never really- Williamson, yeah. I mean, all those guys never really wound I mean, up Carly, developing. Carly, you can't really, I mean, I- I think you give Mac credit for what he did in the transfer portal. He did a good job there. I mean, get, Carly Jones, not only did he wind up being as good as we wanted to be, he was the number one rated player in the portal. Like, but we kind of got lucky with that when it's Cincinnati yeah, ties. But still, time. you went out there and you got him. Like he could have he could have gone anywhere he wanted to. You went and you got him. And he helped us out significantly. He carried that team on his back that entire season. I do think it it was detrimental to David Johnson's progress, but that's another Mac recruit. Yeah. Well, I think he was technically, technically a, a Patino recruit. I could be wrong about that. I don't re- I know he was recruited by Patino. I can't remember when he committed who was was here. Uh, Texer says the Texer referencing emotion may have been referring to Satterfield and not Mac talking about, Oh, he was saying like, we're, we're used to seeing no emotion before. Yeah. Satterfield, not a very emotional guy. Not that I've got just from now. Mac wore his emotions on the sleeve more than, than Satterfield did. I think. Oh yeah. 
Texas, I honestly think that NIL ruined the Kenny Payne era. We knew him as this great recruiter, but with the combo of us being Adidas and KP no longer being able to just call up LeBron or some NBA connect to get a kid to come here, I'm not sure he can ever get recruits now. We had a Cal first year at UK recruiting expectation and literally couldn't land a single recruit that ended up being actually good. Well, Cal was also fortunate just to steal all his recruits from Memphis when he came over. He'd already recruited that entire most of that class to Memphis already. Just one though. You you, you always get corrected when you say that. Cousins was the only one who was who was who was committed to Memphis at the time that he that came to UK. I thought that's how Bloodstone was too. No. We, you always say this, and the text line always blows up. Oh, the, okay. the stories. Because I, I know why. Because I, I always thought Cousins was more linked to UAB than anything as well. Yeah, Cousins was committed to Memphis. Okay. He was, he was going to go there, and then he they, they got him. Um, as far as NIL ruining. But he was. But, but I guess in fairness, he was also still recruiting Wall to Memphis, I'm sure. He was recruiting Bledsoe at the time. Sure. As far as NIL ruining the air, I, I don't. I mean, it's clearly something that he's not overly comfortable with and it's clearly something new that i think a lot of people that have had recruiting success are adjusting to but we've got money we should be one of the ones i think all you have to do to say that that's not a valid excuse is point to the football program do you think it hurts kenny in his first year that he wasn't he'd gone to the nba for that year before he came here and wasn't maybe in the groove of recruiting coming straight to here maybe like if he'd been recruiting like he'd stayed at kentucky or, or, or maybe gone somewhere, whatever he would been in the ears of guys that were coming to that school already where he's in the nba the year before now he's not in the recruiting circle knock and, him out of rhythm and i know it's i know it's only one year but in that year he's probably not talking to a lot of kids who had been freshmen in this class where if he had been recruiting somewhere i'm not saying he would have stolen you know taken you know cousins or yada yada but, like, you know, while I'm, I misspeak when I talk about Cal, he was already recruiting a lot of these guys to Memphis, which helped him, you know, recruit him to Kentucky just going over. Had the relationship, sure. Yes, exactly. The relationship was, like, linked there. Payne probably didn't have that relationship with a lot of kids coming into this class. Yeah. I, I or even in, in, not, even, not even in this class, but maybe kids from just, like, the class just right before that are transferring. I mean, you never know. I just wonder if that, how much that maybe could. could. It could if be you're trying sure. to be a Payne defender, that's something you could use if you want, maybe. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, there you go. There's a talking <laughs> point right there. There's a little gift for you to help you because God knows you need all the help you can get defending Kenny Payne right now. Texas, Iowa State won two games in 2021. They won 22 in 2022. You brought that up, yeah. So if that be it, yeah, I've made the point uh, several times now that that's now that has to be the goal. That's that's what you. It, it's doable. Hunter was a freshman on that new team last year. Yes. Who was the who was the other guard in that backcourt? I, I liked I liked him a lot, and I can't remember his name now. Off the top of my head. Well, the other guys pretty much all stuck around. Okay, so the, the other the other backcourt guard that was really good with them last year, because I liked him. It's funny because our Cinderella picks last year, you were Miami, I was Iowa State. Uh -huh. And, of course, they met in the Sweet 16. You won. Yeah, I said Miami's going to go to the Elite Eight. And I said Iowa State in the Elite Eight. And we went head-to-head -head in we there, did. and you beat me. We both were right about that bracket falling apart. Yeah, well, that's that's a given, true. Yeah, neither of us had the same piece. But I can't remember the other. Yeah, who was well, they got Gabe Kalsher, who lit us up at Minnesota a few years ago. The, the kid, Brockington. Is that his name? He was the he was like the best scorer on the team. He's gone. He's the one player who's gone from last year's team. Yeah, but he was he was he on the team that when they won two games? What I was trying to remember. Oh, um, like was how how much? No, 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 no. He was he was a transfer. Okay, that's what I'm trying to figure out. How much like re turnover did he do? Oh, he brought in the, the entire team. If you're talking about the the two win team to the 2022 team, it's a totally different team. He yeah, brought and Brockington was the guy I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. He, he brought Kalsher over from Minnesota. 
He brought Hunter in as a, as a highly touted freshman. Not that highly touted, but like he was he was a big time get for them being in the situation that they were in. Brockington's from Penn State. It looks like he brought Brockington over from from Penn State, who is a Philadelphia native. Um, the I'm trying to think of there was one more who is a relatively large. Kid. I mean, I'm looking at the the Caleb Gill was the third on the team in scoring or fourth on the team in scoring. He was from he went to UNLV. UNLV, yep. Uh, he actually started at Iowa State, went to UNLV, and then went back to Iowa State. I was, well, I, was wrong. I would not have known that. But I didn't know that. I wouldn't have known that either. The point is, it's doable. I mean, their top six scores were all transfers. Go out there, get some, a bunch of transfers. If you have the coaching chops to make it out. Now, the difference between the Iowa State situation what and ours is you know, Kenny Payne is around for the two-win season. They hired a new coach. Like It was a clean slate. They you know, brought in new energy. Everything was new. Yeah, but a two-win season in Iowa State is the equivalent of a 13-win season in Louisville. So you're saying that we should have 22 wins instead of two this year? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Iowa State getting two wins, no one even, no one even blinks an eye, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was talked about. Yeah, it was bad, but I, it's Iowa State. I mean, no offense to to my man John Stacy and Je- and Jeff Grayer and Jeff Hornacek out there, but I mean, it's Iowa State. Like them getting two wins is bad, but like Louisville getting 13 is like them getting two wins. Get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So I, there's so pain it's a coming extreme, but but yeah. hey, I mean, 13 wins to us is extreme. We thought until this year, we thought that was pretty bad. Until this yeah, year. we're now getting two, so we're experiencing the yeah. it's a, it's a tit for tat situation now. We're right there with them. Uh, Texas, says, hey KP, I want to throw up when I watch your team play basketball. I want to have that same feeling that you have when you watch your team, not smile and laugh. I want you to have that same feeling. That's the way I said question at a press conference. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> I get it though. Like I, I think that it's, I think it's difficult for fans to not see themselves in, in in these people's shoes. I think you look at it and you're like, "There's nothing about this that's funny to me. This is this is breaking my heart. This sucks. I'm pissed off every time I watch you play. I want you to be pissed off." I think. I mean, I have that feeling too. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. It doesn't bother me that much. But there's a part of me that's like, "Man, you know, this isn't funny. Like, well, I mean, we, we begged for the technical to show life and we did kind of get it that one game, but I also think that, you know, going back to the talking about the UK thing where you can't imagine them doing the things that we're doing. I also can't, I think about like the best coaches in college basketball right now. I can't really imagine any of them like kind of chuckling their ways through press conferences after ninth straight losses. Like I can't imagine coach K doing that ever. I can't imagine like Izzo self, any of those guys. I don't know why Roy Williams, I could see doing it. I don't even know. Like, I feel like Roy would cry before he'd be, he'd be, he'd be like Roy will laugh after big losses sometimes. Like I think, I think they're typically like twenty two and three when that. I happens. think post like oh five championship Roy, I think would have would have would have would have been would would have been a little more casual with it. I could see that a little bit, but I could. That, that's the only one I kind of think of. But that's just because Roy has always been kind of oh shucks kind of guy. Texas Mike, if you were AD and this team loses out, going two and twenty nine, would you fire Payne? No, I think we've established that. <sighs> What is he asking if we don't win? We don't win another game rest of the year. If, if I was the athletic director, oh, if you were the AD, I mean, you can't fire him after one year. I mean, I, even if I was AD, I wouldn't fire him after this year. I don't know, man. I, I the, the the luxury of basketball though is you can turn things around a lot quicker than you can in football. Like you 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 can't hesitate and and pulling the trigger when it comes to football like you can in basketball. I think. I mean, two and thirty is. It's, I mean, it's bad. I, I remember saying at the beginning of the season. When we were starting losing games, I was like, there's no way you can fire him. He's definitely going to get year two unless we somehow, like, 
only win one or two games or something. Like that was even being 0 and 2 or 0 and 3 with with three losses to the worst teams on our schedule, 2 and 30 seemed like not something that was going to happen. And now here we are. I mean, you better sell that name and rights to the stadium so you can buy it, use the use that money for the buyout though. Here's the thing though, it's it's 10 mil now. It's only 8 mil next year. Like, everybody's saying it like, like it's a done deal. Well, if he sucks again in year 2, you've got to fire him. And I agree. But like eight mil is a lot of money. We're talking, yeah, eight million dollars is still a hefty buyout. Yeah. I think we need to be. People are, are are shocked by the high buyout, and I kind of agree. We weren't in a bidding war with anybody for Kenny Payne. I no. don't. I, I know that nobody, nobody, nobody in their wildest dreams or nightmares thought that we were going to only win two or three games in his first year. But that buyout being so high is, it seems like a little bit of an error in judgment. Um, if the buyout weren't that high, I think I would, I'd have a harder time saying saying no to that question now if he won anything less than a 500 record or tournament right to go in the tournament next year i, I mean I'll, I'll start to go fund me myself for the eight million dollar buyout are you already seen you know that was the rumor we had a question yesterday are you hearing the rumors that big businesses are pulling their money together uh, and i'm not that's the answer i mean the big, right now big business the big money booster, together. Use it for recruiting. the big booster money people are the ones who i think push for kenny Payne more than yeah. anybody yeah Agreed. behind the scenes um, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a few more texts, then we'll turn our attention to Saturday's game against Notre Dame and also the uh, NFC and AFC Championship games this weekend. We'll make our picks. All that coming your way. Final segment of the week is up next here on the Rutherford Show on Welcome back in. Final segment here of the week. Happy weekend to you. Almost through January. Big weekend ahead. Cards taking on Notre Dame. Women's basketball taking on Syracuse. Royal Rumble. AFC NFC Championship games. It's all happening. Last football. Last football weekend of the year with multiple games. Makes you a little bit sad to think about. Uh, we've got about uh, let's see, 20 minutes here. We will talk. We'll take a few more texts here in these ten minutes or so. We'll talk briefly about the Notre Dame game and make our predictions, and then we can talk about the AFC NFC Championship games and make our predictions there as well. The big topic text line still has thoughts on the U of L Player Royal Rumble, which is hilarious. Uh, we'll, we'll run through a couple of these really quickly. Texter says, "I want to see Mott Stockman run down that ramp for the Royal Rumble." <laughs> Mott Stockman would do a uh, a Titus O'Neil. He'd probably trip and slide at the end. I feel like Kyle Kirk. Kyle Kirk is an underrated, like, he's the all-time babyface. Like, WWE, AEW would hype him up. Like, he's got kind of the wrestling look. He would be, he's like the all-American boy. I can see Kirk winning this thing. I don't know. Chad Millard? Chad Millard would, would not be invited. <laughs> Texas, I'm changing my answer to Earl. Oh, Jonathan Hoffman. Remember him? The big Huffman. dude. Hoffman, yeah. yeah. I had a, a friend who was obsessed with Hoffman. <laughs> I don't know why. Huffman was the guy. Remember, Patino had this he thing. He ended up going to Iona. Patino had this thing where he would play random guys, like meaningful minutes in the UK game out of bleeping nowhere. 
<laughs> I remember that vividly being Huff, like we're like we're putting in Huffman now. What are we doing? Like it was Shaquan Aaron one year. He had a couple of shots, um, but it was Jonathan Huffman was absolutely the guy. It was uh, he was Huff Daddy. Uh, Texas, I'm changing my answer to Earl. He's hanging out in the corner laughing until he's the last man standing with it doesn't matter who, and he's 100% fresh. I can see that. Earl was always better when he came off the bench. Yeah, he had he had to he had to be one of those guys. You just had to kind of see the game start and show him. You, you can tell him the game plan of the opponent all you want, but he had to see it to start for some reason. Texas says he wasn't a good basketball player, but Aiden Gahan would be a problem in the Royal Rumble. That's a that's a good excellent pool. Irish Hulk also a good wrestling name. Yeah, <laughs> it is actually. He'd have to drop the Aiden though if he was on WWE. Vince doesn't go for first name. Vince only is a one name guy only. Which which kind of came up with like we at the AW event like there was a match between Brian Danielson and Brian Cage. Are we gonna move quicker? And people kept chanting, "Let's go, Brian!" I'm like, this is why Vince doesn't allow first names. Yeah. Like, no one knows who they're rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, it's mean, but maybe Payne should come on the show and co-host. There's nothing mean about it. It's it's good for business. It's good for him. I mean, come on this show. Yeah, because we have a history of you come you come on the show yeah. and you co-host. Great things happen to you. I mean, we're not gonna be mean to him. Well, it might be a little condescending, but. Not condescending. What's the, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what word you're looking for. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> what's a nicer? What's what's like right below mean, but kind of smart aleck? Well, condescending. A little okay. Bit, I don't think we're gonna be that way. I'd like to not be that way. I would try not to be, but I have a feeling I would come off that way a little bit. I'd like to be forthcoming and have an honest conversation. I mean, it's kind of hard not to kind of be mean though with asking some questions, but being real though. I mean. Well, yeah. I mean. You're, we're two and eighteen. I can't like dance around it exactly. Like I mean, how do you want me to? If he came on the show and co-hosted, and then we won like ten in a row, imagine how big the show would. People, oh, they people would be, be lining up to co-host. People would be begging us, like high school coaches, little league coaches, college pros. They'd be calling, begging us to be on the show. TJ says the new All Quiet on the Western Front was good, long but good, and not for the kiddos. What do I know that? What, what's that on? It sounds familiar, but I feel like a, I don't know. But that's, it's the movie. It's what he's talking about. It. He watched it in oh, school okay. instead of reading the book for summer reading. Ah, oh, gotcha. Okay. I'll Te- watch the movie too. By the way, Texas says, "What about Seb- don't Sebastian Telfair's not invited to the rumble? <laughs> Never in the rumble. Telfair is the one that cheats in the rumble, probably." He would he'd be like the guest host who tried to get in the rumble. <laughs> Texas Samardo and Shane for the rumble. Shane would be a good one. Shane would be a good heel. Yeah, he, I would like Shane in there. Texas says, I thought Magwood was an okay. I think you're right. I think he, that's what I was thinking of. They, the Stokes kid went to California. Caden Magwood, I believe, is now at Oak Hill. He's okay. got a few more years. Who's coaching Oak Hill? Who ever took over Steve Smith? I don't know. Guy was from Kentucky. It's all I remember his name. Texas says, um, well, more people reacting to the Jim Nicholson. Like bad? Alert. alert. No, just like having thoughts. It's, now, oh, it's, yeah. it's done. Texas, I always w- w- wonder what would have happened if Jay Scrub had come here. That's a good question. Is that where that 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 now the number one what if is always going to be out in Houston, right? For sure. But Jay Scrub, okay. he would have been on the team with with Carlick Jones and David Johnson. Been a nice little trio. I think they would have made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I think then you don't have to fire anybody from your staff, and I think there's a solid chance that Chris Mack is still your head coach. Mm-hmm. I also think it's. So his dad blew up on me. I think I've kind of told the story before. Maybe. I made comments on the, the Car Chronicle podcast talking, and I d- did not mean them disparagingly. I just said, from what I hear, if he goes pro now out of junior college, he's not going to be a first-round pick. I, I'd, I'd reached out to Sam Vecini, some other people who covered the draft, and they're like, he's a big mystery. I, I can't see him going first round. It's just too big of a junior college competition. It's just it's not good. And I said, I think he, 
I think he's really good, and I still think Jay Scrubs is a really good player. If he comes here to Louisville, spends one year in the ACC, shows what he can do, I think he absolutely will, will turn himself into a first-round pick. And long-term, it's a better deal for him when it comes to you know, get, get that first-round money, get that guaranteed money, yeah. get into a situation where you're not looking at a two-way contract three years into your career. Even though you get guaranteed now the second round. They do, but not much. And after no. two years, you're still probably – they can try yeah. to sign you to a two-way, which I think is what happened with him in, in L.A. and why he wanted to leave. He was, was an early second. He was late. He was late. I think he was like the, the 51st pick or 50 something. 55th, I'm looking at now, yeah. So – his dad got all mad, sent me a bunch of messages, and was like, he's going to go first round, he's going to go first round. He's different. Everybody knows this. And he didn't go first round. And I still think it, it would have been in his best interest. It would have been in the best interest of all of us if he had come here for that one year, but it didn't happen. Does it mean it's like when, when a, if a parent does that, like the defendants, does that almost be like, like they're almost like trying to convince themselves? They Because like, like what, what is it like? Why does it matter if you think a guy's going to be second? I don't know. And they were very convinced that he was going first round. Yeah, that feels like they're trying to convince themselves that they know you're right, but they're attacking you because all I said they want to convince themselves that you're wrong. Because I mean, I was rooting for the kid. Like he was oh, yeah, I mean, He's a Louisville kid. You you want to see those kids doing well? I had I harbored no ill will towards Jay Scrub, and it wasn't a obviously I wanted to come to Louisville and, and play for selfish reasons, but I wasn't saying it out of selfish reasons. If a kid is going to go pro and be a first round pick. And can make life changing money, yeah. You know, your life is way more important than our fandom. Go make that money. And <laughs> but my point was, I think it's in his best interest as well as ours for him to come here for one year because I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. His dad vehemently disagreed, and he wound up not being a first round pick. And I think he would be in a much better situation now had he played that one season at Louisville. I don't know that, but I think that. Texas says, where does Doug Gottlieb rank among the greatest players in the history of Notre Dame basketball? Well, he's, uh, he's, I think he's, isn't he like in the top three in steel leaders? Get your steel joke out there. There it is. There it is. People forget how good he actually was at Oklahoma State, though. He was a good player, for sure. I mean, they went to the lead eight. He was, I think he's, didn't he lead the nation in assists? I think you may be right. I know he, he was, he, he was, was right very there. good. Yeah. People, people forget how actually really good he was as a college basketball player. Texas job opportunity for Trevor. He could be a cliff diver at the new Casa Bonita. Could he do it? More than pole vaulting. No, you couldn't. One Casa no, Bonita, I'm, Casa Casa Bonita. I had no idea it was a real place. Food and fun and friendly atmosphere. Are they coming to Louisville? No, they're opening it up back up in Colorado. Oh, is it? Well, I had it closed. I didn't know it yeah. closed. Okay, yeah. Um, I would not clip that. I, a man my size does not need to be going down. Like it's that's, wow, that's so sad. Pause. Like this is the same reason I don't bungee cord. Like I'm never gonna bungee. I'm not trusting. When you weigh 400 pounds, you don't trust elastic to keep you from falling to your death. Same for a parachute. I don't fault you for that. <laughs> Texas, who did you say was coming back on the football side? I caught the very end of that statement early. KJ Cloyd, linebacker, who initially announced that he was entering the transfer portal last month, has announced that he's coming back to play for Jeff Brom at Louisville. Helps at the linebacker position. for Smart sure. man. Texas, Trevor's food experience is just like George and Seinfeld with the calzone. Thanks for not slamming my head through the glass counter. Here's a tip. <laughs> I'm not a George where I have to, you have to make yeah I have to know that you're seeing me tip you. Like, do you remember the depths? What he's talking about? Kind where, of. It's where George tips him and the guy's not looking, so he's like he's like pissed off because he doesn't know he's gonna get credit for the tip. Oh the, yeah, I do. Yeah. So but, when he turns yeah. around, he's taking the money back out. Yeah. And the guy thinks he's stealing it from him, and he gets thrown out. And of course, that's the calzone that that George George Steinbrenner wants. And uh, yeah, that, I, I do remember that. Now. <laughs> I'm not that bad. I tip. 
I part of me does want people to see me tip though. I agree. You can't. That's just human nature. You want. I mean, you don't need to be credited. I don't need them to like give me a high five for giving them something. So but. The, the only reason why I have the same, so like when I go to weddings and stuff, I'll, I'll do the thing where. I'll get a few drinks and then like I'll tip after I've gotten a handful. Like I'll put okay, a, a, like I'll, I'll make like four drink runs and I won't tip. And then like the last one I'll give like you know a ten or a twenty. And, okay. And like, when I do that and they don't see, I'm like they just think I'm the biggest a hole in the world. Like I'm just going. I usually do it early on, like give them like the, the ten. But like I, yeah, if you don't see, then like I don't. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna be back here. That's. I don't want you judging me. That brings me up another question. Like because back in our bar days. Yeah. Like you'd go to the bar, you get like a beer, get maybe two beers, whatever. Like you would almost kind of just like tip a dollar. Yes. Like per like per beer sure. or, or just per order nonetheless. If you're getting three beers, you tip a box, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, at what point do you draw the line and you stop tipping on that one that dollar? I always did. I, I kind of did too because, well, if there is a line, I was way drunk too before I got to it. That skipped to it. Like, I didn't know, like, is it just a one? Should I mean, is there, like, an etiquette to stop after two, maybe one, three? I don't know. And don't if there know. is, I mean. Do you, I kept going. I, I always would too, but. I only drink like seven or eight beers. So. The text line is enamored with your, a man of my size should never be going down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is weird because I. It's no, an all time quote. I'm not even going to. I'm going to stop. Yeah, yeah, stop. Stop. Friday, but we're not getting that loose. We're good. Let's talk really quickly tomorrow <laughs> about uh, the, the game. Noon, Notre Dame, South Bend. I think if you're looking for a, a really quick, glossy. Before the show well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> really quick, glossy, gloss over take on Notre Dame. They're good on offense. That's the first thing you know. They are woeful on defense. They, they are a bad defensive team. Here's what concerns you about the matchup if you're a Louisville fan. Until tomorrow. They shoot the three very well. Oh, well. We don't defend the three at all. We've made that point many very, times. Very clear. They don't turn the ball over. They take care of it. They score at a, a fairly high rate. As bad as they are on defense, they are the second worst team, third worst team, I should say, in all of college basketball when it comes to forcing turnovers. You don't have to force turnovers against us. We made that. You know, we don't. We don't have steals from the other team. We have gifts. We just we give you the ball. So they only force turnovers on 13.4% of their possessions. I'd be willing to bet that number goes higher after tomorrow's game. That's why it's a little bit of a weird matchup. They're tough to defend. It's the same Mike Bray offense as always. They will run that burn a little bit in the second half if they get a lead. Um, so as bad as they've been, it's still not ideal to play a team that's off more offensive-minded than defensive-minded. I'd rather play a team like BC if we can pick and choose. We can't here. Uh, Louisville, I'll say it for the millionth game in a row, you can't give them the ball. You, if they're going to, to make plays defensively, points, yeah. then so be it. But this Notre Dame team, they're going to sit back. They're, going, they're only going to get turnovers if you gift them turnovers. You cannot do that tomorrow because you should be able to score at will on them. They, cannot def they can't defend LLs. They will not keep him out of the lane. They won't be able to locate shooters on the wings. We'll get open shots. It's a matter of knocking them down and taking care of the ball. They'll score on us because we don't defend well and they're a good offensive team. But if we take care of the ball, we should have a shot to win. I've got no faith in our ability to do that. Um, it's. I think the other thing that you looked for was the announcement came oh, about a week and a half ago that, that Mike Bray was calling it, stepping down at Notre Dame after this season. And you kind of wondered... Do they quit on the season now, or do they, they they galvanize and they start playing for Bray? We've had a mixed bag. They've played two games since the announcement came out. They laid down at home and got thumped by Boston College by 12 immediately after the announcement.
But then they bounced back on Tuesday and damn near beat a pretty good NC State team on the road. Uh, they lost 85-82. Close point counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. But I'm saying, like, they played well. Like, yeah. So they clearly aren't lying down and just giving up on the season. Yeah, we've done that too. Which, if we're going to beat a team in the ACC, we kind of need them to be lying down and giving up on the season, it feels like. <laughs> That's our best shot to get a win here. So I'm not... I'm not overly confident about this game. I think we have a better shot when they come back to the Yum Center, or if they did come back to the Yum Center. Um, I, I'll make a prediction. I think that they, I think Notre Dame wins by eight nine. I, I'm going to say it looks a lot like the Boston College game where we're playing well early on. Maybe we get out to a lead, and then we just don't take care of the ball. Maybe some guys get in foul trouble. They'll draw a bunch of fouls because they'll cut a bunch. They'll force us to move. They're not overly physical inside, but we like to clutch and grab when guys get past us. So I think we'll get in foul trouble. We'll give them shots at the line. They'll end up pulling ahead in the second half, and they'll win, I'm going to say, 79-71. I think Wednesday broke me. You just, you're done? I don't think I, – I, I'm, yeah, I'm not picking us to win another game this year. I'm going to hope we win. I'm going to know there's going to be chances we could win. I'm all eyes on Georgia Tech. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, Wednesday was the – the straw that broke the camel's back. It was. It was it. I'm, I'm between North Carolina and that. I'm. I'm. I'm tap. I'm. I'm wiping my hands. I'm not giving up fanhood, but I'm just giving up on the hope of us actually winning another game. I'm picking Notre Dame to win this game by five. They are on Ken Palm. They are projected to win by ten. And like, depressingly, it's the only game they're picked to win the rest of the year. I may still bet Louisville, but I feel like the line is too big. Like, this is a Notre Dame team. They've lost but four I'm, in a row. They've lost seven of their last it eight. Doesn't matter. Their only win is a one point win over doesn't Georgia matter. Tech in that span. There is no reason why we're going to be like a ten point underdog in this game. I mean, we're probably and more nobody's going to pick are. us to win. It is ridiculous that we're sitting here talking about this game in those terms. But that's exactly where we are. It's a they're a bad team. Just like we said with BC, they're a bad yeah. team. They're playing poorly. There's no reason to believe that we shouldn't win this game. And yet I'm sitting here having no faith that we. I have we're none, going to. none whatsoever. I, we were more talented than, than 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 Boston College, and it was for the what maybe. And I know there's not many teams we've been more talented than, and you can debate it whether I'm right or not about that. But I don't care. In my mind, there's been maybe what five or six games that there, we played this year. We have six or seven maybe. We've been the most talented team That's on the right. court, and we haven't won a freaking one of them. We've won one. I think Florida and you. You're right. Florida and we're more talented, and we're probably sure. right there with Western in terms of talent. So I mean. By the way, I don't know why I just want those out here. Jay Scrub, first Juco to be drafted in the NBA since. Dante Smith. Yeah. I just, so I just you, said that. Oh, I didn't hear you say I'm sorry. Buddy. Yeah, because that was a big thing. He was saying, I ain't no Dante Smith. That was you know, that was his whole thing. Was so if, you, if you're a high school kid in Louisville, you want to get drafted, go to Juco. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Screw cards. <laughs> neither one of us much faith in the cards tomorrow. Not it's, a bit. it's a noon tip-off on the ACC Network. Here's the line, hoping. I guess, isn't out at all yet, is yeah, it? Yeah, it'll be out tonight, I think. Uh, here's hoping for the best. A lot of familiar faces on this Notre Dame team. Guys that have played well against us. Uh, Nate Lashewski, Dane Goodwin lit us up last year in the game that eventually led to Chris Mack calling it quits a few days later. Uh, Cormac Ryan, very good player. Trey Wirtz has been there for a few years, so I, I just I it don't, doesn't matter. I don't have much faith. I don't care. You, you just just make it. Say Humpin' Eagle. I don't care what name. You all right, say. we're gonna have, we're gonna have to do this real quick here. Going right. going to the NFL games. I'll let we'll pick your game second so you can go off on a high note. But <laughs> AFC title game is the late game. Bengals taking on the Chiefs should be a fantastic game. Chiefs are one point favorite. Mahomes a little banged up. Bengals still offensive line a little bit banged up. Who wins this one? I'm torn on this one so bad, so much because I love Papa and I want, but I want to see the Bengals win. I'm going since he gets this upset one more time. They go to their second straight Super Bowl. I'm going Cincinnati to win. I'm going to say. 
27 to 24. I feel like there's almost too much momentum for the Bengals. Like I feel like everybody that I know thinks they're going to win this game and not just Bengals fans that I know. Uh, Mahomes' ankle, high ankle sprain is a little bit tough. That's dicey. I mean, they're acting like he's going to play. I guarantee if this was a regular season game, he would have been for ruled sure. out by now. For sure. I feel like this is going to be a common thing in both my picks. I feel like I've got to stick with my preseason predictions. I went Chiefs over you Niners did. in the Super Bowl. I went Mahomes being the MVP. I want to be completely oh, right about the season. The next token, then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I've, I've given that pick away this week pretty I much. Know, I know. I think the Chiefs win. I feel like there's just there's too much. I, I'm not going to be shocked either way. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I hope it's competitive. I want to watch something late into the uh, Sunday night. Yeah, I think it will be competitive. Don't worry. I do too. I'm going to say Chiefs win in a thriller. Bengals hearts are broken. 34-31. It hurts, it hurts this one because I do like both teams for different reasons. Yeah, I've got no, no yeah, problem with that. Yeah. One. Uh, 49ers, Eagles, your boys. Fox, 3 o'clock kickoff. I've said it this week. I know that they're good. I think the Niners are going to win. Yeah, I, I'm rooting yeah, for the Eagles for you. Yes, sure you are. I'm rooting for the Eagles for you. I think the Niners win. I think your overconfidence is making me more nervous. I'm not overconfident. You've been over. You were very overconfident on Monday. I was. I mean, I was. But that was more residue from excitement of winning the game before. I'm going to say it gets ugly. Ugly game. Niners win. Twenty six. Twenty three. Weird score. The two things the Niners defense struggle the most at. Here we go. Running with quarterbacks and deep deep balls. Two things Jalen Hurts does as good as anyone in the league. True. He's a great deep ball passer, and he is a, and we have the weapons to, 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 to add to that. And he is obviously can run the ball. I, yes, I am, I am, you can call me overconfident, call me a homer, call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner because that's for sure ain't going to happen unless you have a salad there on the table. I'm going to Eagles. I got to pick Eagles. Of course, I'm going to pick the Eagles. Eagles, Bengals, Super Bowl, baby. I will be going to Arizona. You're going to have to do without me a couple weeks now when I go. A full two weeks? No, no, no. I won't leave until like the week. I'll do like the Friday. a couple weeks. Well, in a couple weeks, I'll be gone. In a couple weeks. Yeah. Gotcha. Like what I'll do is I'll leave on that Friday, and then I'll probably be back on like Wednesday of the next week. That's fine. We can drive. We'll make do. Yeah. I, I can do I can do calling from the, on Monday and stuff from there, though. Ooh, I just saw Niners fans put a jersey on the Rocky statue. Well, that's because they're a bunch of tools. Uh, Eagles win this game, though, uh, is somewhat high scoring. I'm going to say Eagles 34-28 with the victory. Fly, Eagles fly, baby. We're going to the Super Bowl. Phoenix, here I come. Be prepared. Mothers, lock up your daughters. It's hit and acquitted time, baby, in Philly. We going, baby. Woo! There it is. Woo! All right, go Cards. Woo! Beat Notre Dame. Beat Syracuse. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you guys right back here Monday afternoon at 3. Eagles!